Oh, we're going. Hi! <laughs> Hello! Hi! Welcome to another episode of Mommy World's Bathroom. I'm Katie. I'm Emily! It's a Harry Potter podcast where we moan and groan about all things Harry Potter. This intro is unlike any we've had before. Oh, we're recording. Okay. Oh my god. So today we're coming at you with the finale yep. of Prisoner of Azkaban. Bum, bum, bum. And we're both really into it. This so is the best part of the whole excited. book. Seriously. Best part of the whole book. So damn good. So clearly we're going to have the same favorite part as we've been doing these last two episodes in with the books previously that uh, instead of floods we're just doing our favorite parts of this section. So mm-hmm. I think both of us are Definitely gonna say Shrieking Shack. Mm-hmm. It's the best part of this whole book. Yes, those and like three chapters. So good. It takes up such a huge chunk of it. It's delicious. So you were saying we should probably narrow it down a bit. Narrow it down a bit. Like so. what is our? So we're gonna do like what is our favorite like thing that we discover in the Shrieking Shack? Yes. Do you want to so. start? Sure, I'll start. My favorite thing that we discover is, like, the origin of the Whomping Willow and, like, how the Shrieking Shack got the name The Shrieking Shack. Yeah. And just, like, the whole story behind, like, how that got started. Yeah. Because we learned about it in the last book. Yeah. Yeah, we learned about the Willow in the last book, and then we learned about the Shrieking Shack and how everyone was scared of it earlier Mm -hmm. in this one. And so then kind of having all of that come together. Yeah. Is cool. So, I really like that part. Yeah. It's bomb. All of it's so bomb. Yeah. It's just so many, like, random things that you're just like, oh, what a funky tree (laughs) in the the last book. What a funky tree. Like, it's just another thing of her, like, putting in this little detail that you don't think is, like, a huge deal. Yeah, like the Shrieking Shack. It's like nothing. Like, oh, whatever. It's just, like, a tourist site in Hogsmeade. Who cares? It's just another fun, like, place to go. It's a haunted building in the Wizarding World. Yeah. So it's cool that it, it, like, even that has a story. Yeah. You know? It's pretty fun. I know. I love it. (laughs) I love when Ari and Hermione are, like, walking through, like, the shack to, like, get into the room, and they're looking at all these, like, damaged pieces of furniture, and Harry's like, "Uh, a ghost did not do that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. funny. So what was your favorite part of, like, the Shrieking Shack? Peter Pettigrew's alive. Yes. And what he did. Yes. It is so good. I just, like, this, I've said this before, but this book truly is, like, the best mystery. I think maybe of, like, all of the books has, like, the best, like, mystery bit of the series. I think Mm -hmm. it is so good. It's really, like, we're reading some, like... (laughs) <laughs> murder on the Orient Express kind of bullshit. Yes. Like, it feels like a like a mystery thriller. Like, it's so cool. It and so then, like, we were talking about this, too, that even in the last two books, I mean, all of these books are mystery disguised as, like, fantasy kids mm-hmm. fiction. They're yeah. all mysteries. So it's, like, fun and exciting. You're getting down to the bottom of all these different um, hidden things. Right. That are going on, horcruxes, whatever. Like, it's there's just, a, like, a ton of little stuff like that. But I yeah. think, um, even in these last two, it's like, what's in the vault? What's going on on the third floor? Right. What's fluffy guarding? Who's trying to steal the stone for Voldemort? It was mm-hmm. Quirrell, what? Yeah. That doesn't feel as great in comparison as this. Right. What's going on? Who's petrifying all these people? Who's letting a basilisk out? 
what is the monster in the Chamber of Secrets? I just said it, it's a basilisk. Who's TM Riddle? Like, it's all fine and good. But this one, it's like, even when, even when you know what the twist is, like, the clues are there. to come, too. And the clues are all there. Like, I feel like in the first ones, you know to look. Yeah. Like, I can never reread Sorcerer's Stone for the first time and think, like, could I put it together that it's Quirrell? Mm-hmm. As an adult reading it, could I put it together? Because now when I read it again, I'm like, it's clear that it's Quirrell because I know. Right. There's not, like, much... I mean, like, Dobby shit is, like, very cryptic and not very good, so it's hard right. to put together that, like, Tom Riddle is Voldemort, that, like, mm-hmm. that is just, like, a big surprise. It's right. not, like, a really, like, a mystery that you can solve, but this one, the clues are all there! Right. It's all there! It's and so this big there. reveal that Peter Pettigrew is alive and was scabbers the whole time. Yeah. Oh, it's just so good. It's so sad! So good. So I'm really excited to get to get into that but yeah that's definitely my favorite part is like the peter pettigrew is alive here's what he did that he oh he's just he's just the worst he's so nasty (laughs) he's just the worst so anyway we should just get into it i think because we have a lot to say yeah and we've got a little bit to talk about before we even get into the shrieking shack so let's let's start we do so we're picking up in chapter 16 which is professor trelawney's prediction finals Finals, which is literally <laughs> what like almost all of this is. Yeah. It's just them going through their finals. Oh, and then um, Buckbeak's appeal, like we find out yeah. when that is. Um, but yeah, that's what the first half of this is. And I'll say, I thought that that was kind of fun. Like rereading that again, it's like we barely ever get those because right. they're canceled all the time. I know, and I feel like the only other the only other book that we get them in is like when they're doing their OWLs, yeah. and it's it's like a big exam. So it's fun to just see like what normal. Yeah. Hogwarts exams are like, like, the teachers, like, put them on themselves. Like, I kind of forgot about that, and I yeah. thought that was cool. I loved um, hearing about, um, Lupin's. was I so know, fun. That it was, was like, so a little fun. outdoor activity. An obstacle course. Ah! I love that Hermione was, like, doing so well until her bugger was McGonagall <laughs> telling her she failed everything, and then it took, like, a long time to, like, calm her down. I know. Or even, like, the charms one, when it said that, like, Harry, like, overdid his cheering charm, and Ron was, like... Laughing a lot, to be like, removed he from had to the be room. like led away for a while. Like I just thought that was like a cute little detail. So it is all so fun. And I love reading just all the like little School classroom stuff. stuff. Like it's fun it's to read. I know that's that is like one of the bummers about the movies to me. I think is that like there's a lot of exciting class stuff that happens in the books, but it's like the only classroom things we get to see is Defense Against the Dark Arts because they change and it's like yeah. a big part of the plot that it changes every movie book year. Yeah. So, but like, I, I don't know. I think Chamber of Secrets was really the last time we saw another class besides that. I mean, we do see potions because that... We see potions and I mean, we we do see a few like Defense Against the Dark Arts classes. Like, we get to see the Boggart lesson, which is more like an actual lesson oh, yeah. than just, like... But still, even that, I mean, like, like, the reason they put further, that in think... was because of, like, you see the, yeah. the moon, and so it's, like, a, a detail that you don't want to miss out Do on. Do we you know? even get in in the other movies, besides this one, um, do we get to see the, um, do we get to see a potions class until six? It's only when the teacher changes. I think in five right? we do we well we get to see when Umbridge when she's is going like, around, but that's not anything. But that's not like a class. That's not a class. No, and we see Harry's like Aquamancy lessons with Snape, but that's not a potions class. That's not a class. 
So yeah, I don't think so. We don't really not get until, to see them not anymore. Until it's fun to learn about new magic. I know. I always get a little bit <laughs> mad whenever I hear Harry and Ron complain about like doing their homework and oh, stuff. Whatever. I'm like, you get to write essays about magic. Yeah. I got to write essays about dumb stuff <laughs> that I didn't care about. <laughs> Oh, you know what was kind of funny is that everybody says, like, well, how are they learning, like, math and English? Hermione literally has a book that's numerology and grammatica for yeah. one of her classes. And I was like, well, she's learning how she's to read and write. She's learning math. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. That made me laugh. But I think that's just, that's because it's for, what, it was arithmancy? Mm-hmm. That that's just, like... Here's a math class for wizards, but you don't have to take it. It's an elective. Right. I wish math was an elective in real life, too. (laughs) Yikes. Um, So, like, their finals are kind of going on while they're all, like, worrying about Buckbeak and Hagrid and that whole situation. Yeah. Um, They run into Fudge, and Fudge is, like, they find out that the Ministry has pretty much just decided that Buckbeak's going to get executed. Like, they, that totally was not a fair trial for him at all. Um... And then they have their divination final, um, and Professor Trelawney makes her prophecy, yes. her prediction. Let's read it out. The Dark Lord lies alone and friendless. Sad. Poor guy. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> Abandoned by his followers. His servant has been chained these 12 years. Tonight before midnight, the servant will break free and set out to rejoin his master. The Dark Lord will rise again with his servant's aid and greater and more terrible than he ever was before. Tonight before midnight, the servant will set out to rejoin his master. Wow. It all starts with, it will happen tonight. This part in the movie freaks me out a little bit. The way that they make her voice sound. And we, we're we not doing the movie right now, so I won't go super into it, but like, yeah, it, this spooky. part always freaks me out. And there's like a jump scare when she yeah. like grabs his yeah. like arm. There, um, in the audiobook too, because that's how I've been, I've been doing these book clubs, is I've been enjoying Jim Dale reading to me. Mm-hmm. Um, that he does it really creepy, too. He's like, oh, it will he? happen tonight. It's, like, Ooh. very terrifying. I'm like, oh, oh, I don't like it. I don't like Yikes. it. I don't like it. But, yeah, I think that both that and the movie do a pretty good job because it describes her voice as being, like, really harsh. Yeah. So her doing her, like, that's in the movie. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I know what you're talking about. <laughs> that sounded like an old man who was struggling to breathe. <laughs> it's gonna happen tonight. <laughs> It's been 12 years! Oh no. It's been 12 years. I yeah. did my waiting. <laughs> I did my waiting! 12 years of it! Get ready, guys. Oh no. Next week. Next week. Get ready. <laughs> Set your time turner. If you're a fan of the third movie, do not listen to our commentary. You have been warned. You cannot get mad at us. Because we gave you lots of warnings. Even in, like, our first podcast, we were like, we hate the third movie. Get ready. (laughs) Months and months later. Yeah. It's almost here. Oh, my God. All right. So then that chapter ends with us finding out that Buckbeak lost the appeal, and so they go to visit Hagrid to, like, talk to him about it. Does Harry tell anybody about Trelawney's prophecy? He does not. He is, like, trying to tell Ron and Hermione, but when he gets into the common room, like, that's when they find out that Buckbeak lost. Yes. And so then his his memory kind of, or it, it just goes away. Yeah. Um, he tells Dumbledore about it, like, at the end of the book, though. Yes. Yeah. But he doesn't tell anybody about it, like, now. It's, mm-hmm. like, after everything happens. Which is interesting, because I wonder if, like, he had told somebody about it sooner, if that would have changed the way that, like, he went about everything that happened. Yeah. You know? 
if they would have like changed how he felt about it. Or I don't something. know. Well, because it like it sounds like it could be serious. Right. That's like the it clever does. part. So. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Maybe not. Maybe he still would have murder in his heart. Yeah. <laughs> I think he would. <laughs> he does. Um, okay, so then they go down to Hagrid's to sit with him before the execution. Um, and they're talking with him, and and Hermione finds Scabbers in Hagrid's hut. Can and I then, say something just before yeah. I forget on the topic of having murder in his heart? Yeah. I want to say this because I think that truly it is correct. And if we continue reading these books and it turns out to be wrong, then I'll, I'll make a grand apology with music in the background and everything. <laughs> but I think it's really interesting how he, the only time he, like, really wants to kill someone is Sirius. Mm-hmm. Not even Voldemort. Right. He doesn't want to. Yeah. Even up to the end, he doesn't want to. And I'll scream about that forever, and I'll not talk about it now. Uh-huh. But, I like, it's very interesting to me. Yeah. That it's, like, just serious. And, like, not even the person who actually murdered his parents. It's but the like, person who, like, brought it about. It's the betrayal. Yeah. That, like, makes him... Right. Feel that way. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting. I don't know if it's just, like, him growing up, too... Yeah, I don't know. But he didn't want to, he didn't want to kill Quirrell. Tom Riddle was not a real thing. To kill. But he probably wouldn't have wanted to anyway, if he was a real person, that he could have. Why would you want to kill that face? I mean, come on. (laughs) (laughs) The snake face I'd be fine with killing. Yeah. Oh, God. But, like, I just, I think it's really interesting and weird it's that, probably, like, like, in a way feelings. it feels a lot more, like, personal for him. Because yeah. it's, it's, like, someone who was, like, a family friend. Yeah. Who all of a sudden, like, turned on them. Yeah. I think that that's probably what it is. But it's, like, the one and only time he does have real hate in his heart. Right. Like that. I mean, like, he... In Order of the Phoenix, he wants so badly to hurt Bellatrix. Yeah. <laughs> but that's different. Does but he, he want to kill her? her? He wants to hurt her. He doesn't want to kill her. Which is so interesting. It's weird. Yeah. This boy. So I don't know if it's it's a sign of him, like, growing that he steps further away from that. Mm-hmm. But it's the first, it's the first time in his life he's been really confronted with, like, that amount of yeah. betrayal and stuff. This I is know. why I say this book is, like, a real turning point. I know that after what happens in Goblet of Fire, it is an actual real... Yeah. This goes uh, yeah, into I young adult Yeah, I was gonna bring now. that up, too, because I was, like, reading this, and I was like, this is this is honestly where it starts to become very dark, because it's I feel heavy. like even, like, the, the intro of, like, Goblet of Fire has some, like, dark stuff, you know? So, like, this book is, like, where it really starts to shift. Yeah. Like, I feel like people think of this one as still being very kid-like, but, like, it's and the first half of it is, yeah. Yeah, but I think this this whole last section is, like, very deep, dark, and upsetting. Yeah, for sure. Like, real, like, life and death moral choices. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, we'll talk about that in, like, deciding to, in quotes, save Peter Pettigrew. Yeah. Woo. But is it really saving him? No! But I just, you know, like, there's lots of, like, extreme, like life and death decisions that are being made and like mm-hmm. you're learning kind of the morality of like these kids. Yeah. 
So anyway, I wanted to say it because it was in my head and I didn't want to forget because I think it was a, an important thing to talk about is this yeah, one and only sure. time Harry wants to kill someone. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. It's wild that, like, even, like, when he finds out that, like, he has to be the one to kill Voldemort, he feels very icky about it. He's yeah. like, I don't want him to die. Yeah. And he gives him a ch- an out. Same with a lot of Death Eaters. Yeah. Just stun, right. stun and done. Right. <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> but does he want to kill Snape after Snape kills Dumbledore? I don't know. We'll have to see. I feel like that might be the only other time where he's very Maybe. angry to that point. Because that's another betrayal in his to head. To lie to murder. Yeah. It is a big one. A betrayal against someone that he cared about a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Mm. That'll, that's interesting to me we'll keep We'll I... keep track of his murder feelings throughout the rest of the books, because yeah. they're about to be pretty heightened. <laughs> yeah, there aren't that <laughs> many, though. Like, he gets mad a lot, yeah. and he wants to hurt people a lot. Obviously. I mean, not a lot, but, like, all these people that wrong him. Yeah. You know? He probably wants to kill Draco more than he does again. <laughs> like, actual evil person. He almost did. He almost did. <laughs> Alright, let's keep going. Alright. Um, where, where do we leave off? Okay, so they find Scabbers... And then they look out and they see everybody coming down to Hagrid's and so they leave and Scabbers is flipping a tit. <laughs> and, um, and then the chapter ends with them killing Buckbeak. Oof. So. That's the first chapter of this section, guys. Super scary. Starts out fun and the real fun. bummer. Yeah, starts out with fun little finals, ends with someone's pet getting killed. <laughs> so fun. Oh my god. Joanne. Joanne. So do you have any discussion questions? I think if you have any about Buckbeak and, like, that kind of stuff, then this would be the time to talk um, about I it. I don't think that I do. Okay. Um, no, it's it's basically like we're just doing the countdown of the Shrieking Shack and then there's lots of things to talk lots about. Things. Okay. So how does this get started? They're all, like, really shaken that um, Buckbeak is dead. Um, and then Scabbers is still freaking out, and eventually he breaks out of Ron's hand because he sees Crookshanks. And then the dog comes, grabs Ron, pulls him into the tree. They are trying to find a way to get around the willow, mm-hmm. and then Crookshanks Ron's lets them in. leg breaks. snaps like a twig. That is so deeply upsetting to me. That's one thing I can say I am thankful for in the movie. I think it's just the bite. Yeah. You don't and then his legs snap. all bloody and stuff, but like, yeah. and that they describe it as being Bench pushed out an into oh, a weird, oh, oh. unnatural angle. Yuck! 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 No, ew! <laughs> no, that I don't is like it. Upsetting. It surprised me. That. Like once we're in the shack, this is getting ahead of ourselves a little <laughs> oh, bit. We like, can't stop talking much, about it. How much time he spends like on his feet? In the shack. Right? Like, he's not just, like, sitting there on his bed. He's, like, standing up ready to fight. And then, like, your leg is, like, bent out at a weird <laughs> angle. Are you standing on <laughs> one foot right now? <laughs> he, like, throws himself on top of Sirius at one point. And I'm like, dude. I would be too much of a chicken to do anything. I'd be like, I am staying right here. Ron's a hero. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Ron Weasley is the best. So, they get in... So past the willow. In, they get in past the willow. They're following the um, t- 
tunnel, I guess. And Crookshanks. And Crookshanks. They're following that in, and they go into the huge room. They can hear Ron, like, screaming in the building <laughs> when they get in. Um, Ron. And then they go up the stairs. Oh, and this is when Harry, like, notices all the stuff, and he's like, the ghosts didn't do this. Like, there's been, like, actual yeah. attacks in here before. Ooh, it's so creepy! There's, like, blood on the walls and, like, broken windows. I thought this was kind of creepy, too, that, like, the floor is, like, so thickly covered in dust, except there's one trail where you can see where Ron's body oh. was, like, dragged through it. Ugh. Can you imagine? This is, like, a horror movie. I know. I, like, I wish... I don't, because I'm, like, a real big wimp. But I wish that, like... You know how good that part is when they're in Bethilda Bagshot's house? Yes. And it's like an actual horror movie and I want to die when I watch it? Yeah. Can you imagine if, like, they really took their time and did a good job in The Shrieking Shack in this movie and how scary that would be? Can you imagine? I I wish that, like, one of the things that they had at Universal Studios was, like, a Shrieking Shack walkthrough. (laughs) Like, not even, like, a ride, but just, like, a building that you could, like, walk through, you know? And, like, for Halloween, they could, like, deck it all out. Oh, I thought you meant that people would be in there, because I would punch. Oh, not with people, no. Just so you could, like, walk through it, you know? Yeah. And they could make it all creepy. They could do weird lighting and, like, sounds and stuff, you know? Yeah. I think that would be a really cool attraction for them to do. That would be. <laughs> okay, so then they get into the room and they find Ron on the bed, and they're all like, "Are you okay?" And Ron's trying to tell them that Sirius is there, and then they turn around and creep. Sirius is like actually being scary he- when they first see okay. him. <laughs> yes. So this is something we need to talk about right off the bat as we go through this part. If Sirius could maybe calm his ass down for, like, five seconds, yeah. it wouldn't have needed to escalate this No, part. no, he's, like, saying all these super, like, scary things. He, he has to calm down. It's so dramatic. It will make everything much easier. My brave of you not to run for a teacher. I'm grateful. It will make everything much easier. Like, that, is, like, cool that makes it. it sound like he's getting ready to murder them. Can you cool it for a second, sir? Oh my god. Crazy person. There will only be one murder here tonight. Can I also say? Why can't he just be like, I'm not here to kill you? Can you you read his description when they describe him? Because I really start, like, I started cackling because I was like, it's Momo for real! After talking about that, like, oh yeah, his wanted posters sound scary, and then he said, it looks like Momo. Oh no! It looks like Momo! <laughs> and so then, when we actually got to his description in person, I was dying. Because I was like, oh, <laughs> it actually, actually sounds like it's Momo. kind of deeply upsetting. <laughs> well, okay. A mass of filthy matted hair hung to his elbows. <laughs> to his elbows! Do you know how long that hair would be? Very long. Very long. That's 12 years of growth. Oh my god. (laughs) Yikes, that's like three times the length of his hair in the movie. (laughs) Um, If eyes hadn't been shining out of the deep dark sockets, he might have been a corpse. The waxy skin was stretched so tightly over the bones of his face it looked like a skull and his yellow teeth were bared in a grin. I just... I just picture someone who just got like 
the most Botox any person oh, could ever get on. It's just all pushed back. Their mouth is, like, stretched wide open. I think the only thing that's different from Momo is that his eyes are, like, super sunken into his face. And where hers are, like, bulging well, out, bulging like, out, everything yeah. else is, oh like... My God. He's, like, <laughs> if Momo was a real housewife of Beverly Hills. <laughs> One that hadn't showered in 12 years. <laughs> Okay, it's oh, enough about her, no. but I just need to say it because I was cracking up when I read that part. I was like, oh no, it's true! Hashtag Momo. <laughs> oh, Christ. Why does she come up always now? Like, every time. I haven't, I haven't seen her in a while. I miss Moaning her. Moaning Momo's bathroom. Moaning Momo! Okay, so he's, like, immediately, like, taunting them about, like, James and stuff, too. And so Harry's just, like, getting pissed. Yes. Um, like, he doesn't know how to stop. Like, he can't. He's just, he's he has a dramatic piece of shit. He hasn't talked to other people in, like, ten years. Yeah, it literally <laughs> says, like, his voice sounds like he hasn't used it in, like, a very long time. He just, like, he's been so ready to be dramatic again. I know. Uh, he's just, he knows his boyfriend's gonna come soon. Uh, so he's getting really pumped for it. Exactly. I love how so far we've had, like, a pretty, like, solid rule on, like, all right, let's not kind of, you know, discuss shipping too much, just to not alienate people, and then just straight up, we're just like, yeah, they're married. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I think we should eventually do, like, a shipping one. I just don't want to make people feel bad. I know. <laughs> but, yeah. there's and Even though we're literally about to, like, record a podcast that is, like, <laughs> shitting on everyone's favorite movie. Okay. Yeah, well, maybe we'll see how that goes, and then after that... Oh man, I think Wolfstar is a pretty popular ship, though. Yeah, in this in the series. Yeah, I think it is. <laughs> I think it's more popular than the actual person that Remus ends up with. <laughs> okay, so Harry is like so furious. He's like trying to attack him. At one point, he's not even trying to use magic. He's just punching him everywhere. Yeah, there's the, that part where he, like, fully punches him in the face. Yeah. <laughs> Which made me laugh. I was like, yeah, you go. Oh, he probably felt so bad about that later. Okay, but then when, <laughs> when Sirius is trying to stop him, he, like, closes his hand around Harry's throat to, like, get him off. Well, he's trying to live. Well, I know, but he's also choking another human being. His godson. Harry's also, like, two pounds and a child. I know. Push him. <laughs> Just push him. I know. Oh That's, God. like, the worst feeling ever when there's someone that you're like, I want to do so much damage to you, but I know that you could knock me out in, like, one <laughs> yes. swing, so I'm not gonna do anything. <laughs> Oh, yeah, so he's being super dramatic, um, and Ron and Hermione are, like, trying to stop him. Um, where does this chapter end? This is a long chapter. It is. Crookshanks comes and tries to save Sirius. Yes. Um. And Harry's like, I'm gonna kill a cat today. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, I'm not just gonna kill a man, I'm gonna kill an animal. I'm gonna kill a cat today. And Sirius is just like, are you gonna kill me, Harry? Oh, can he stop? Like, I can't stand him! What is his problem? I know. <laughs> of course these problem? kids are not so quick to, like, believe him when he starts telling his story. He's like, such you spent the first 20 minutes that they saw you acting like a freak. <laughs> He's such a loon. 
I can't stand it. And then even when Harry's like, you killed my parents, he's like, yeah, I did. Danny, calm down. This is not the time to be a drama queen. I know. (laughs) This kid is literally like sitting on you, getting ready to murder you. Harry doesn't even know how to murder people. He hasn't no, learned about a cadaver that's yet. That's the craziest part is I think about that where he's like, I'm going to kill him. I'm going to kill him. I'm like, how? You're going to tickle him you to death? How? You don't know how to do anything. You're going to go find a gun? Are you kill gonna him t- the muggle way? Are you going to turn him into a teacup? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Oh my God. What are you, you don't know you how to do, do that. Anything. Turning a human into a teacup, that's like mute ear stuff. <laughs> And so then he, then Black kind of starts to calm down, and he's like, you don't know the whole story, you'll regret it if you don't listen to me. Um, and then Lupin comes in. They hear, they hear Lupin come in, and at first they're like, oh, a teacher, good. And then- I love that Hermione's like, we're up here! I know. (laughs) (laughs) She just screams And then Lupin comes in, and he, like, immediately starts talking to Sirius, like he's best friends with him. Well, I guess not immediately, but he's immediately asking him, like, where is he? Yeah. Um, and then you find out that Lupin is a werewolf, and then they start, yes. like, hugging. And okay. everyone's like, we trusted you! Here's the crazy part about this, too, is that, like, alright, here's a lesson in prejudice <laughs> from these children. Harry, I don't think, has that much of a reaction to it. I don't know if he quite gets that. Right. Um, Hermione is like, well, I should have told you're, like, clearly a bad person. Blah, blah, blah. But the thing that horrified me most was... Run. Lup- yes! Lupin seeing that his leg was hurt and going to help him. Get away from me, werewolf! Yeah. Whoa! He was raised with that belief. Good God! Yeah. That's crazy. I know. That really struck me, too. I was like, oh, there's Ron's, like, conditioning coming out. Yeah! Yeah. yeah. Man, oh, man. I know the, the only other time you get a mention of it, really, is Draco Malfoy yeah. in the first one. Right. Being terrified. Of going the into the Going into the woods. Yeah. So, it's like... It's just the thing. It's right. like a childhood fairy tale boogeyman, but they're real. Right. So terrifying. Yeah, and you you just get like hints of it at the end of the book when Snape lets it loose. Oh, weapon is a werewolf. And he's like, I God. have to quit because all these parents are going to be writing in and being like, I'm not sending my kid to a school. Yeah, with a werewolf there. It's terrible. It's all terrible. Anyway, I just like that, like blew my mind. I forgot about it. I just yeah. thought it was like the. Well, you're clearly a bad person, and we trusted you, and blah, blah, blah. And I thought it was, like, less about the werewolf thing. I don't know why I remembered it that way, but it is very clearly the werewolf thing. Right. That, like, oh, I get it now. You're a bad person. You're a werewolf. Right. This makes sense to me now. Yeah. Wild. Right. If he wasn't a werewolf, they would have been... It would have taken a lot more for them to, like, not trust him in this part. Yeah. So even Lupin is kind of starting to talk like a creepy person in this part a little bit. He though, does. When They're he first so cryptic. Like, like, can, like, sit and explain. And at least he has a good sense to be like, okay, but like, before anything else happens, they need to know what's going on. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that. Um, he's like, <laughs> that's Ron's pet. 
He deserves an answer. And Sirius is like, fuck that. I don't I care. Know. And then he's like, well, Harry deserves to know. He's like, you have two minutes. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> so funny how antsy he is about it. And he's just like, no, I gotta do this. And I love the line of like, okay, Remus, well, hurry up. Because I need to commit the murder I was in prison for. I know. <laughs> like, he's still like so... <laughs> oh, the drama is so high. It's like they're still stuck in that high school brain of like, this is what I need to do right now. <laughs> it's so funny. So, okay, so this is when we start to kind of get a lot of the backstory. Um, the end of this chapter is just finding out about Lupin being a werewolf and how that affected his school life. Yes. Or no, it's not. That's a lie. Um, it's about how he found them in the shack. Like, he was, he had the map, he watched everything happen, he knew they were gonna go visit Hagrid, so he was watching them, and then when they left Hagrid's hut, they noticed that Peter was with them, and that's where this chapter ends. So, do we have anything to talk about, about, like, just these first initial reactions, or, like, first things that happened before we really get into the history of the Marauders and stuff? Yes, I do have just one question from Pottermore, which is, should Lupin have kept his identity as a werewolf a secret? Yes. Yeah. He says that it's like his first paying job in ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in ever. Oh, wait, okay, so is this question asking, like, just in general, or like in this specific part should he have I like, think not in, I think in general because in general, he didn't reveal yeah. it it wasn't his choice to reveal it right in this bit you know like Hermione just says it yeah so like just like th- in this book should he be keeping that a secret yeah he has to and like talk about the allegories you can't just a lot of people go around know. saying that all of the professors know yeah I think but none of the students know and yeah that was a good call to like keep it from everybody yeah why do you need to know right you tell the people who need to if it's under control then it's fine yeah it's good yeah if we take a look at like what it's supposed to be it's like why are you gonna go around telling your neighbor that you're hiv positive when really you only need to tell people you're in a relationship with right right yeah or like family if they need to know right you don't need to go telling anybody and especially in this time if you're not putting anybody in danger nobody it's fine nobody thinks it's fine nobody thinks it's fine we see dumbledore just in this scene like in the way that ron like reacts like, if that's how Ron, member of the Weasley family, reacts, just imagine how all these other pureblood kids would, like, react to him, you know? Yeah, and that's why he has to leave. No, he should have kept it a secret and gone to teach there forever. Yeah. Wouldn't that have been nice? Well, yeah. He tried to keep it a secret. Yeah. It wasn't him that spilled the beans. No, it is not. So, yeah, I think that it, I think that it's fine of him to keep that a secret. Who need, Who needs to know? I think it's fine for him to tell them in this chapter. Well, he has to. He's been outed. It's all part of the story. (laughs) And, like, that's just, like, for them to understand everything. Yeah. And, like, what's going on with Sirius, how he was able to escape and everything. Like, they have to understand why he turned turned into an Animagus in the first place. Yeah. I wonder if, if Hermione hadn't said that, if that would have been a part of 
what he would have told them anyway, or if he just yeah. would have told them that they were all friends and that they were unregistered. Goodbye. And then, you know, like, then that's that's the end of that part. How Here's would he have explained we himself, though? Would he have just, like, how would he have explained that, like, James Sirius and Peter were all Animagi, but he wasn't? He could just lie and say he was. <laughs> say he was just like a wolf. Yeah. He could just turn into a wolf when he wanted. That is interesting to think about. I don't think he would have, though. I think he would have told the truth anyway. Hmm. With it being Lupin, I don't know. I don't know. That's tough. That's to a preserve tough call. his secret. Yeah. So he can keep a job. But in this dire moment, mm-hmm. if these kids don't believe him, he probably wouldn't anyway. Right. So, yeah, that's just the only question is, do you think it, do you think he should have kept it a secret? And I guess, is it right to keep it a secret? And I think yes. Yeah. That's his choice. Right. No one needs to know except Dumbledore. Yeah. And Snape, I guess, since he was in that potion. Snape knew anyway, though, even before this school year was a thing. Dumbledore absolutely could have made that potion. I want to know which professors were the ones that, like, thought Dumbledore was insane for hiring him at first. Yeah. Because he kind of says that, like, Dumbledore got a lot of weird looks from teachers being like, are you sure? Like, I want to know which ones besides Snape, obviously, were also, like, against him at first. Yeah. Because we know that, like, McGonagall and Pomfrey in the beginning of this book were like, oh, he'll be good. They like him. Yeah. McGonagall, well, McGonagall of course. Yeah, she taught him. She knows yeah. him. He's her kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I don't know. I'm curious. Because I don't, I don't feel like, like, Sprout or Flitwick would have really had a problem with him, you know? Yeah. Trelawney. Trelawney, maybe. <laughs> she seems like a racist. Yeah, she, she is. She is a racist. She is a racist. <laughs> yeah. I can't even think of any other professors right now. Yeah, I don't know. Besides Snape. <laughs> Madam Hooch? I don't think she'd care. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Filch probably didn't like it. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he was one that was like, really? He's gonna destroy everything. (laughs) Okay, but actually, I'd just like to talk about this as, like, um, big players punishing people. So, like, we'll we'll talk about when Voldemort comes back, his, um, (laughs) style of keeping people in line, as opposed to Dumbledore's, which is very interesting to me, because he could have very readily made that potion, yet he forces Snape to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As a fuck you. That's absolutely a fuck you. Yeah, for sure. Are you kidding? He likes oh. him and trusts him, but he's like, this is happening, and uh, you will you get have to deal with, with your it. Colleagues. Yeah. It's. I. Yeah. Not necessary. No. Not necessary. Not necessary at all. Great wizard. Dumbledore. Can't make a potion. I'm so excited to talk more about him. With, like, half-blood prince. Order of the Phoenix. (laughs) Can you even believe what is gonna happen when we get to that Deathly Hallows chapter? Oh! (laughs) With everything we know now! Yikes! Very excited. So let's keep going. Got so we hear okay. we hear the history of the Marauders. We hear the history of the Marauders. Do we need to go through it point by point, or should we let's just do like, it? Get yeah, into we, it? let's do it. This is what this podcast is. Okay, so we get deep into <clears throat> it. Okay, so that last chapter starts with him saying, with the reveal that the rat is Peter Pettigrew, and so this next chapter starts with them being like, "That's." Crazy. <laughs> yes. 
you are all ridiculous. Like, Harry and Ron are both, like, multiple times, like, you're mental. <laughs> this is, I know. This is wild. These people are crazy. These people are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> Harry's like, you killed him 12 years ago. And Sirius is like, yeah, I tried to. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, that's what I was on my way to do. Yeah, but I didn't do it. <laughs> but he ruined it. <laughs> oh, my um, God. Oh, and Sirius is still just trying to, like, kill him now. And Lupin's like, you have to explain first. And Blake's <laughs> like, you can explain afterwards. <laughs> I love it. I know. He is so funny to me in these. Just, like, the drama and the impatience is just so... Hilarious. I feel like serious between so this book telling and serious personality. And he, it's like a complete one eighty. I feel like between him and this book versus him and like maybe not a complete one. I don't but think he's, so. I think that he's just less frantic. He's so less frantic. Like it's just it's and crazy. it's like he he's has so a, different. I think the difference is he has a clear purpose and he's energized here. Yeah, as opposed to he's very Order motivated. the Phoenix. He's imprisoned. The depression has set in. Yeah, he can't do anything. So then he starts getting like, but that it's a he's Lethargic. still reckless yeah. in both of these books. Mm-hmm. Incredibly, That's I'm true. interested to see because I always like forget that they go see him a couple times, right? Like, one or two times? Oh, yeah, in Goblet. Yeah, Yeah. and so I'm excited to kind of see what his deal is then when he's, like, on the run. Right. But even then he's being reckless by getting so close to be with them. Right. He's just, like, he's gonna do what he wants. Yeah. (laughs) That's just his deal. That is, like, the pure-blood rich boy coming out. (laughs) As much as he rejects it. That's him. I'll keep running. (laughs) I'm gonna do what I want. And I'm gonna murder your pet. Yeah. Okay, so where does... I'm trying... Sorry, I'm trying to see where the actual story starts, and it's not just them being like, that scabbers. No, it's Peter! <laughs> like, because that's, like, what literally these two pages are. Well, when does Snape bust in? Before they can really say anything. No, Snape doesn't come in for a while. So they start... That's the scary part, too, is when the door creaks and you know he's there. Yeah. <gasps> Yeah, where does the door creak? I don't remember. Lupin, like, looks out into the hallway and he's like, no one's there. Anyway. Yeah. Ugh! And he's just... Ugh! That is so scary. I I'm don't like it. I'm trying to see where the door... Hold on, I'm sorry. Because okay, I, okay, I found I it. I want to know how much of the story he Snake heard. hears. Yes, okay, so here's what happens. They start by talking about everyone thinks that Sirius killed Peter. I believed it myself until I saw the map. Um... And Hermione's like, but this this can't be true. People would know if Peter was an animagus because we find out there's, like, a register, blah, blah, blah. And Lupin is like, yeah, you're right, Hermione, but, like, there there are three unregistered animagi. Is it animagi? Is that how you say it? And I always said animagi. Animagi? I, animagi. I never know I don't know. That's it. a tough one because the movie says it really crazy. How do they say it in the movie? I don't remember. I only hear them say Animagus, I think. He's they Animagus. Only, they only say that. I don't remember now. Anim- I grew Animagus. up thinking in my head I thought it was pronounced a different way, and then in the audiobook it's pronounced a certain way, and in the movie it's pronounced a different way. Well, I'm just going to say Animagi. For this sake. I'm sorry if I'm saying it a way that people don't like. <laughs> <laughs> Magic. Mag. Magi. Anna, 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 Anna,
Animal Because, okay, if it's Animagus, it's, it's animal like magic. singular. If Animagus, animal then wouldn't it be magus. like Animagi? Animagi. Animagi. Okay. Animagi. <laughs> Animagi. That's my screen Animagi. name. <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> So Snape actually hears a lot of it because it's it's just Hermione being like, but there's a register. And Lupin's like, yeah, but we're, they're unregistered. And then Sirius is like, okay, fine, tell them the whole story, but I don't <laughs> want to wait very long. And so then Lupin is like, okay, but you need to help me because I only know the beginning. And then yes. that's where the door creaks. Ooh. So then Snape is here for all of this story. Wow. For the whole thing. So, okay. And then that door creaks and Ron's like, this place is haunted! And Lupin's like, no, No, it's it's not. not. This is where the story starts. (laughs) No. And so then he tells them, like, I was bitten when I was very small. I didn't think I was going to get to go to Hogwarts. Um, The potion that Snape has been making for me is the only cure that makes my transformations less painful. Um... But before, before that wolf's bane potion was discovered, like, being a werewolf sucked. <laughs> yes. Um, I didn't think I'd be able to come to Hogwarts, but Dumbledore became headmaster, and he decided to, like, come up with a plan. He was very sympathetic. That's why the Whomping Willow was planted. Um, it was planted over the entrance to this shack so that I could come here for my transformations, and nobody would, like, come in and, like, get to me and get hurt. His description, just saying how painful it is. Yeah. Is so deeply upsetting, because... Your, he, like, attacks himself. And your bones have to change. Yeah. Every... It's so disgusting. hmm It's so disgusting. It makes your period suck a lot less, <laughs> doesn't it? <laughs> makes your period seem a lot less shitty. Well, it's true. I guess I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> Just keep that in mind when it's your time of the month. It's okay. like, well, at least it's not Lupin's time Yeah, of but the my month. bones are shifting, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. My uh, hips wax and wane like the moon, Katie. Oh. <laughs> it's not my bones, it's my muscles. They're contracting and it hurts. Um, okay, so his transformations were painful. Um... The villagers were hearing the noises and the screaming, and they thought that they were hearing spirits, and Dumbledore encouraged the rumor so that people wouldn't, like, get close to the <laughs> I building. also think that's hilarious, that people will automatically, like, it just became a fact. Some people were like, I think that there are, are like, demonic ghosts in there. <laughs> yeah. And Dumbledore's, like, hanging out at the pub and is like, it's true. <laughs> and everyone's like, oh my god, don't ever let your child go near that. <laughs> That's hilarious. Albus Dumbledore says that there Albus are is just like going to like visit there. his brother and he's like, yep, it's haunted. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I love it. Um, but then he says, you know, like, apart from my transformations, I was happier than I had ever been in my life. Aww. Have you read his, like, backstory on. Pottermore. I think I have, but a while ago, fill me in. I cried yeah. when I read it. It's very emotional. <laughs> so a lot in. of those emotions were, like, brought up. Well, it's just, like, when he was a kid. Like, even when he was a kid, like, he couldn't play with any kids. He was very lonely. So, mm-hmm. like, James and Sirius and Peter were, like, the first friends that he had ever in his life. Yeah. Um, which was just sad. Um, the part that made me really emotional was, like, his reaction to, like, James's death and like finding out everything and like yes. how hard that was for him because like he had lost 
All three of his best Literally friends everyone. in the same day. Yeah. He had his three best friends that he was super yeah, in close 24 to hours. All three of them disappeared one way or another. Wow. That would suck. Yeah. Only one of them died, but the other two, like, one he thought was dead and the other one he thought murdered them. Yeah. And it's kind of like, the only reason that Peter was even really a part of their group was because he kind of advocated for him. Like, James and Sirius weren't, like, a huge fan of Peter because they were like, he's pathetic. <laughs> Why are we letting him hang out with us? And Lupin was kind of like, come on, guys. He needs <laughs> friends, too. I Which is like... why he was, like, their fangirl. <laughs> I would like to say something, and I believe that it's been said before, but I think now is an appropriate time to do it since we now know what's up. Yeah. I am not a fan of Peter Pettigrew as a person. Mm -hmm. I think he's a little shit. (laughs) And I think as an adult, he's a bad person. Yeah. Um, however, stop pretending he wasn't their real friend. Right. Stop pretending Peter Pettigrew was not a real part of that friend group. I cannot tell you all of the fan art, the fan fiction, the head canons, all of these, like, fandom things that I see where people just blatantly do not include Peter Pettigrew. Yes. How dare you? I know. I know. People are so convinced that, like, he was, like, plotting this from... The time when they were, like, kids. No! In school. He's a shitty little teenager who grew into a real scared dude. Yeah, we see in the memories, like, how much he follows them around, you know? Like, and how, like, awed by them he was, and, like, how much he loved hanging out with James and Sirius. I just, like, I'm gonna... I'm... It's not devil's advocate. I'm going to be Peter's advocate for like a second because I just, I don't think that he became a bad person until after this book. And I'm going to be real and serious about it because he was not a Death Eater ever. Mm -hmm. I don't even know if he like technically was after this point or if he just kind of got to be around because he did someone a solid. Yeah. He is... A little groupy kid who just wants to be with whoever's going to protect him because he was probably, like, a shitty little snotty bullied kid mm-hmm. all his life. Yeah. He gets to be with, like, this cool, very, like, charismatic group of kids. Right. And he gets to be cool because they're cool. And he, they, like, end up genuinely liking him. And then this horrible, scary stuff is going on. He gets approached and probably threatened... Yeah. He doesn't go running to Voldemort. I'm sorry. He gets approached and probably threatened and gives over the secrets. Yeah. And I, like, that is, you know, we can talk about the morality of everything. And, like, Sirius is like, you know, like, we would have died to save you. Fuck you. Like, they're really, like, go hard or go home. And, like, I try and put myself in those shoes. And I honestly, I know what the right thing to do is, which is not saying anything. But I am afraid. And right. I am little, and I am weak, and I am small, and I don't know if I would be able to not say anything. I know. I don't know if I'd be able to. And I so know. the fact that he does, it's like you fault him, but can you really, like, can you really fault him that right. hard? I and don't like, know. I, the other thing about it, too, is, like, I feel like people forget how young the Marauders yes. still were when this was going on. They were 21. Like, they're younger than how old we are now. I know. So, like... You can't blame them for still being in that, like, childlike mindset of, like, wanting to, like, put themselves first 
and throw someone else under the it's bus. It's his to, like, life. Yeah. He wants to protect himself and he doesn't want to die. And right. he knows that he's doing a bad thing. So when it happens, because of course it's going to happen right away, you know Voldemort's an impatient person. Yeah. So he's like going to go do a murder. And so Peter runs away because he knows that he's going to get in trouble. He gets cornered. He saves himself again. Yeah. He's he's not dying. He's doing what he needs to do to not die. Right. And honestly, he's hiding out. He's not doing anything. He's not murdering Harry. He doesn't care. He's been around him for like three years now. He's not doing anything. Right. Nothing's happening. He's just like content. Well, not content, but he's like just knowing that this is his life now. He's going right. to be this kid's rat and this is it. Like he's yeah. getting fed. He's getting taken care of. It's fine. He's laying low. Right. I think when he becomes a terrible person is the moment he runs away in this book and finds Voldemort. Yes. He did not ever have to do that. Mm -hmm. But he decided, well, I've got people that are going to be coming after me now, so I better get with the strong guy. Yeah. And it's like, again, that's like a I need to save myself thing. But he fully brings this guy back to power. Right. (laughs) Then he's a bad person. And then he's doing very bad things up until like the very end yes when he dies so i just like i need to say it because i get so angry about people's like thoughts and characterizations of this idiot chubby boy right stop it he was their friend it was real you know in deathly hallows that like lily is saying like oh wormy came over to see harry yeah right They're friends. Yeah. And you you just see, like, in all of, like, Snape's memories and everything when you see them hanging out. It's, like, all four of them, like, were hanging out and having fun He was, he's just, like, a spineless little bitch. Yeah. And, like, I kind of get that because I'm also very afraid. Yeah. (laughs) At all times. Right. And it's scary to, like, put yourself in this situation and think, I don't know if I'd be able to do the right thing. Right. And he's just that kind of person. Like, his convictions are not that strong. He's not willing to die for anything. He wants to live. Yeah. I don't know. I know. And I get, I don't know. It's tough. I think that, like, I don't know. For the wrong reasons, he earns his Gryffindorness. Mm-hmm. He's very brave to go do what he does and yeah. find Voldemort and be like, I'm doing this. Yeah. Like, he's just going out and doing it. Mm-hmm. And I know that, like, you think of, like, a lot of, like, Slytherin qualities about him, that he's very out for himself, mm-hmm. but, like, he he does it in the face of danger so much. Right. So much. Yeah. And again, like I don't, his, like I don't care for him. He's he's a bad person. The longer we know him, the worse he gets. Right. He sucks. But I think he's a way more interesting character than people give him the credit for. Mm-hmm. Way more interesting. I know. It's, that's my that's my long PSA. No, I think that's good to mention, and I I think we have talked about it before, but like it's very appropriate. To talk about with this book. Include Peter Pettigrew in your fan art. From when they're kids. Also, stop making him skinny in all your weird, like, model fan casts. Yeah. Get out of here. Right. Get out of here. The only reason he's thin in this book is because he's been starving himself (laughs) for years. (laughs) Exactly. He was not that way when they were kids. I love the description of him. 
that he was like a man like a man who was overweight but lost a lot of weight in a very short amount of time. Yeah. I think that is such a great description of him. And I, I don't know that they ever described him as being fat ever. I Again. don't either, but I picture him as being that like fat little kid who tags along with the popular crew. Oh like, no, that's like who he is. He is he is he's fat. <laughs> well, they could no, they call him fat. <laughs> Like the three broomsticks. Does it matter Don't Rose they? Murdo? She's like that fat little boy who hung around. Oh, James did they? Spirits. I think she did. But like I don't think as an adult for the rest of the series oh, they describe no, him as being not. like overweight at all. So I, I don't, don't know. think so. But I think it's I just mean, a movie thing. We know that he's thin in this part, but Absolutely. Yeah, I don't know. It's I something don't... to maybe pay attention to as we continue to see him in the mm. next book for sure yeah when his body like fills out again so we'll see i don't know yeah i don't know but i just like i i i got feelings mm. i have feelings about these characters man I and i just i it feels not okay to me when people do an injustice to an interesting character right david yates What's this nuts from Goblet of Fire at least made Voldemort a little interesting. Yeah. David Yates. God. <laughs> See, I feel I feel like for the most part, people in the fandom are like pretty willing to like admit that like the villains are interesting characters. Yeah. Like they're willing to admit that Voldemort's interesting and that Geller is interesting and that Barty Crouch and Bellatrix are all interesting and Lucius Malfoy, but like Peter doesn't get that. People hate him. Yeah. People hate him. And he's not as, like, hateable as a lot of the other I don't think so! Are. I really don't. I don't think he's as despicable as many other I characters. I don't think he's as despicable as Bellatrix. No way. I don't or think... I don't, mean, I don't even know if... I, I don't think he's as despicable as Snape, even. Yeah. I think he's in a better standing to me than yeah. Snape, honestly. Good God! Because even, like, I mean, this is getting way ahead of ourselves because this is Deathly Hallows, but, like, he has a little bit of a turnaround at the very end, right before he dies. Yes, And he that's does. what kills him. That's what kills him. Mm. So, like, you know that, like, it's not like his morals changed completely even then. Voldemort is so cool. <laughs> that he knew? Yeah. That's three years! Yeah. He kept him ah! around, even though he knew that, like, he wasn't he made that totally three faithful. years ago. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. But I'm sorry, but we're talking about Peter. It's true. Yeah. He is, he, he is the morally gray one. Of yes. all. Honest to God. Of all of them. Seriously. You, like, <laughs> he, he didn't even know where he stood for, like, no. Goblet through Deathly Hallows. Like, he has no idea. He knew that he did, he did too bad of a thing. But honestly, he did too bad of a good honestly, thing. Honestly, wasn't like, too bad of a thing because Snape got in with Dumbledore again. So honestly, I think Peter Pettigrew could have stood a chance. But Snape was ready and willing to hand over James and Harry to Voldemort. He wanted to. Yeah. So like, why does he get like this like saving grace and everyone's in love with him? He he was like just as willing to hand them over as Peter was, even more so because he actually hated them. <laughs> I'm losing my mind. God. I'm losing my mind. We're not even at the snake part of this, this chapter. This yet. podcast <laughs> is now a Peter Pettigrew stan account. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> no, We're gonna I be talking a lot of shit about him, like in the future books, but like in this one, no. 
He's just a pathetic character right now. I know. He's an extremely pathetic person. And I wanted to get this out of the way because we have a lot of interesting and a lot of very loud and powerful feelings about Snape, but I just want to gear up to talking about what in the fuck is going on that they are being forced to live together in the sixth book. I can't wait to talk about that. And there's so much lead up in both of their like characters to like get to that point. So I want to lay the groundwork that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. <laughs> Peter Pettigrew is a cool character. <laughs> Parker is Spider-Man. And you all need to get on it. Peter oh. Parker. Zenophilia <laughs> says that. Doesn't he? Yeah, that's him. That's him. Yes, because he plays the lizard, and and his creepy lizard face goes beta baka, and it's the best. It is the best. Don't bother. Oh Oh my god. Sorry, everybody. Let's get back into it. So the story goes. So the story goes. This is like we kind of went off. So Snape is listening at this point, yes. and this is like when Lupin is explaining the origin of the Shrieking Shack and the Whomping Willow, and now he's getting into talking about his friends, and he was super happy with all three of them. They noticed right away that there was something up with him. It took him three years, but they decided to become Anna, anime guy, anime guys, anime guys. And oh, and Harry's like my dad too, <laughs> and Lupin's like yeah, um, he does. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> I just was like flashing through my mind for a second. I don't know what just happened. I had like a that's so Raven moment where I saw oh, the okay. future. Um, <laughs> but okay, I don't think that Peter Pettigrew it really is a Death Eater, but he did get a dark mark out of necessity. He did. But like, okay, like I feel like we see. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> We're never going to get to the end of Lupin's story. (laughs) I feel like we see it in the later books. He's not held to the same regard as the Death Eaters. He's the servant to the Death Eaters at Malfoy Manor. Yes, he is. So, like, he's kind of like the Fenrir Greyback a little bit. Like, he Mm -hmm. does a lot of dirty work. Yeah, but he gets to come inside. He gets to come... That's true. So, like, he's, like, a step above Greyback, but, like, still below, like, the main Death Eaters. Yeah. He's, He's put in that house with Snape to be his servant. For part of it, you know? I, I, no, I can't talk about it yet because I have so many exciting feelings about that and I can't, we're not at that book. We'll and then same wait. thing at Deathly Hallows, too. Like, he's the one who's, like, fetching people from the cellar and, yeah. Well, no, know, I, he's, I, he's not a Death Eater, even though he is branded. Eater. He's branded as a Death Eater, but he's not held to the same regard. No, honestly, I think it was, it was literally only so that he could call everybody once he got his body back. Yeah. He needed one. Right. Yeah, other than that, he's not treated like one at all. Yeah. So, are we ready to continue with Lupin's story now? <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, like, I heard, like, Ray Fiennes go, like, yeah, the arm tail, and I was like, I, I know now, he does. <laughs> I'm so excited to watch these movies. <laughs> we gotta get through to be able to do it. Okay, so we find out that they're all animals, and they did that to make his transformations better. They're, and all, they're all animals. They're all animals. <laughs> Did you ever read Animorphs? The Animorph books? No. <laughs> I did not. Neither did I. Um, and <laughs> so I you find the out that they started going out on, like, adventures yes. together. And very they were reckless. being very reckless. And Hermione's like, that's dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, I know. I'm still kind of freaked out about what could have happened if we yeah. had, like, 
gone astray. Um, and then Lupin talks about how he feels guilty about betraying Dumbledore's trust. It doesn't matter because Dumbledore sucks anyway. <laughs> um, and then he said he's been battling with himself all year, yes. wondering whether he should tell Dumbledore that Sirius was an animagus or not, but he didn't because he didn't want to admit that he had done the stuff that he did in school. And then he starts to talk about Snape and he this says... This is my absolute favorite. <laughs> and then he starts to explain that like Snape was at school with them and he tells about the trick about like Sirius or what Sirius like did to him to like try to get him killed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Um, Harry's like, so that's why Snape doesn't like you? Because he thought you were in on the joke. And then that's when Snape is like, that's right. Pulls the cloak off. Everyone is too dramatic. Every adult person is too much. This is my favorite, though, is that it's like Sirius is just kind of like, you know, doing that like bouncy need waiting of just like, I gotta do this, I gotta do this. Just like glassy eyed and unfocused. And the minute he hears Snape, he's like, Snape? Yeah. (laughs) Why Snape? What? What what about him? What's he doing? What does he have to do with this? And that and that he's like, oh he's a teacher and he's like, Oh, uh-uh. Oh no, uh-uh. And I think that's the crazy part too, is that they don't talk about it here, but that like Sirius is like, that's a full death eater teaching at this school. Yeah. That is a full death eater. I know this as a fact. Right. Like, are you kidding? Oh my god. But that's what he thinks is like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. I just think that's hilarious that he's just like so uninterested in the story. And then it's just like, what? Snape? Who? <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> Why are you bringing him up? <laughs> okay, so then that's the end of that chapter. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so, um, and then the next chapter is where we like find out everything about Peter. So we've already talked a lot about that, but should we pause here for discussion questions or should we just yes. go through all the Shrieking Shack and then... You know, let me get in here about okay. about the business. Okay, because there's a lot of Marauder stuff. A question from Pottermore is, do the Marauders trust each other? No. No. I think at one point they did. At one point they did, but after everything with James and Lily happened. Or, like, when they had to go into hiding, I think, is when yeah. they knew that there was a spy among Well, they were them. all, like, doubting each other. Yeah. It's crazy. Because that's why Sirius never reached out to Lupin, because he thought he was the spy for a while. Racist. So, like, they were... Yeah. <laughs> so, no. Sorry. None of, none it's of true. them really... I feel like Sirius and James trusted each other a lot. Yeah. But I feel like with the rest of them, it wasn't. How did they not know? How did they not? Why did they think? <laughs> why did they think Peter is the one for that secret? The boy That's made the of wild jello. Shit! <laughs> I don't know why Sirius would decide last minute to be like. I mean, I guess I I understand him like thinking that like oh that'll keep him even safer because it's the last person Voldemort would suspect, you know. But it's I don't know. Why would Sirius not be up to the job? Why would he want to put that on somebody else? Like, they're, like I don't get that, too, because I think he's, like, the perfect person because everybody else in his family is already, like, on that side. So right. who are they going to, like, who are they going to hurt? Right. Who are they going to, like, be like, We've, we have your mom. Like, they're not going to yeah. do, they can't because it's, like, yeah. <laughs> well, they, they do already. He doesn't care. Like, right. he doesn't like any yeah. of them. Yeah, so, like, 
Unless he's just thinking of it from a standpoint of, like, this could, like, have the potential to protect them more. But I don't get that because, I like, there's, like, nothing can touch him. Right. Nothing he can touch him. He knew that he would be braver to, like, stand up to people than Peter would have been. So I don't know. Like, think, he was like, people would be unsuspecting of him, but once they found out that it was Peter who was a secret keeper, it would be really easy to crack so him. So easy. I don't get it. I don't either. <laughs> Like, if, if you were going to suggest to anyone, like, you should have suggested Lupin. Yeah. You know? I don't know why he wouldn't have been up for the job. Like, if there was a part of him that was like, I don't want to be Secret Keeper, or if he just thought he was being so smart by being like, no, Peter should do it. Because no one will, like, suspect it. I don't know. I don't understand that logic. I think it was, I think it's like, Peter's too much of a chicken to join up with them. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, I don't know. Here's the, like, kind of racist part is that they think, like, oh, well, like, well, maybe if they, like, really put the pressure on Lupin with, like, the freedom and protection of all werewolves under Voldemort or whatever, Mm -hmm. um, he would join up. Yeah. Some, like, kind of bullshit about being with your own kind is, like, better than the people you consider your family. Right. I don't know. Pretty wild. Pretty wild of serious to think that of a person who ha- is like the the man of chosen families. Right. Get out of here. I don't get it. I don't either. It's necessary for the plot, so fine. But like, yeah, it just it that doesn't make sense to me. No. Character wise, of like this very brave and like willing to die person for his brother right. James. Yeah. Like what the fuck? Like why wouldn't he just? Keep it to himself. There's no reason. I get... But, like, I I understand logically the no one would suspect Peter. That's why it's gonna be Peter. Yeah. But if you really dig in there, it doesn't stand up to much. If you really dig in there, it doesn't doesn't do much. Because eventually people would realize that Peter was a secret keeper. Yeah. Eventually. So I don't... I don't know. I don't know. Did they put, like, protections around Neville's family ever? Or did Dumbledore just know, oh, no, he's gonna pick the one that he he sees himself the most in because he hates himself. I don't (laughs) know. Is he just gonna pick that baby? I don't know. (laughs) I wonder if At what point he decided. I feel like... Wasn't there something that made Harry a little bit more likely to be the one? It's because he's a half-blood. And, yeah. And Dumbledore's like, oh, Voldemort hates himself, so he's gonna kill that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. Yeah. So I don't know. It would be pretty crazy if he didn't put any protections around the long bottoms, so. though. Well, he didn't. Did he? He didn't because they got attacked so easily. <laughs> Jesus Christ. They were members of the order. Ugh. So, anyway, to answer the question, no, I don't think they trust each other clearly, because of what happened. Right. Let's see. Mm-hmm. Okay, I've got two more. Um, you know, maybe we should wait on this one, specifically, but I do have a question that maybe we can talk about a little bit right now, is... Okay. From Scholastic, discuss the feelings Harry has when he learns the truth about Sirius. But there's so much going on still that he doesn't really get a chance to process until they're leaving. Yeah. So, so I feel like maybe we should say come that ba- one circle a back bit. to that one. Okay. Yeah. Then um, here, 
I mean, we're about to get into the the Snape stuff, really, but why is Snape so unwilling to hear anything good about Sirius or Lupin? He's got a grudge. He's got a grudge. He and can't I, let things go. Clearly. No. no. Clearly, he as can't. we've seen in these last two books, he can't let a fucking thing go. Yeah. I wonder if how long, like, Snape knew that, like, Sirius couldn't, or, like, wasn't actually guilty of, like, The whole what? time. Yeah. This is what I don't get, is that, like, all of this stuff, like, started saying, like, well, he was a, he was Voldemort's right-hand man, like, whatever. Oh, yeah, Snape would have known that wasn't true. Yeah. Right away. And I know that, like, I don't know. I know that the whole point of, like, the Death Eaters and the masks and all the secrecy and whatever, that, like, Snape was kind of in the inner circle. Even as, as Where a did young the man. knowledge that, like, Sirius was Voldemort's right-hand man even come from when Peter was very much not his right-hand man? Because if everything that Peter did basically just got thrust onto Sirius and was like, Sirius did this. Because of the reputation of his family that people then were, like, making up lies. Oh, that makes sense. And saying that. But, like, I think he, he'd have to know that it, of course, wasn't Sirius that did that. Right. And he knew them... Anyway, that he'd never betrayed James, ever. But he still wanted to, like, capture him. No, he just wanted to kill him. Yeah. Have him be kissed. To get rid of him, even though he knew he didn't do anything. Yeah. Because he's a monster. He's a monster. He's a terrible person. A terrible person. And with Lupin, he's just been waiting. He has been waiting for someone to find out. Not even waiting, but actively trying to make people figure it out and go tell another teacher. Right, by assigning that essay. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, and then along with that, the Scholastic also asks, why does he continue to be so mean to the trio through all of this? Because he knows that they're starting to believe the story. Yes. Yes. And especially at the end, why he continues to be so awful to them is because they take away... His glory. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, his happiness Mm -hmm. of, like, getting these two. Yeah. That's, like... Yeah, especially at the very, very end. That's, like, like all of them out of the way. Yeah. All of them. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I don't know. Because why would he think Peter Pettigrew would ever come back? Right. (laughs) Ridiculous. Yeah, I can't believe it. Well, we'll talk about it at the end, too, but that he's, like, gearing up to, like, get awards. Right. What a... The slime ball! I know. Peter Pettigrew's right. Oh, he's so gross. Anyway, let's... I think that's, that's it. Let's talk about... Snape's situation here. Okay, so this next chapter, The Servant of Lord Voldemort, this picks up with Snape coming out, so he tells them how he found them. You forgot to take your potion. That's a little bit of foreshadowing. That's scary. (laughs) Yeah, you forgot to take your potion, so I took a goblet full along. Um, Conveniently left it behind. Yes. (laughs) Why wouldn't Lupin immediately be like, oh, shit, and go back and take Well, really no, he quickly. can't in this precarious situation. <laughs> he can't leave. But I would have immediately been, if I were him, I would have been like, you asshole, why didn't you take it with you? Right. Now what's gonna happen? Yeah. 
Of course. You dick. And so Snape is like, I've been telling Dumbledore all year that you've been helping your old friend, and here's the proof. Um, and Lupin's like, you're an idiot. <laughs> this is not what's <laughs> happening. And Snape is like, um, Dumbledore's gonna take this interestingly. And then they just start fighting. It's just all this, like, schoolboy stuff. Lupin literally calls him out on it. He's like, you're such an idiot. Is a schoolboy grudge worth putting an innocent man back in Azkaban? And then Snape attacks him after he says that. He ties him up in, like, the cords. He's awful. And so then, oh, and then Hermione kind of tries to be like, it wouldn't hurt to, like, hear what they have to say. And Snape's like, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) You big tooth clever clogs. Shut your mouth up. (laughs) Keep quiet, you stupid girl. Jesus. Yikes. Um, And so then he's like, I'm going to bring you up to the castle. The Dementors are going to be so happy to see you. They might even give you a kiss. (laughs) Um... And then that's when Sirius, I think, starts to panic a little bit. And he's like, no, seriously, like, you have to listen. Um, and then Harry tries to stop him and Snape's like, get out of the way. And Harry's like, you're pathetic. Oh, <laughs> Snape. God. Just because they made a fool of you at school, you won't even listen. Um, and so then that's when they attack and him. And Sirius is like, yes. Yeah, Sirius is <laughs> like, that's my boy. <laughs> he's just like his dad. <laughs> And so then that's when Harry, Ron, and Hermione all Expelliarmus him at the same time. Oh my god. Good. And then Hermione's like, oh, we attacked a teacher. Oh, we attacked a teacher. Oh my god, we attacked a teacher. <laughs> but she sprang right into action. And she did. She Expelliarmus him first. And then I say Expelliarmus like it's a verb. <laughs> she disarmed him. She Expelliarmus him. <laughs> Take that, soldier boy. <laughs> Did you call him soldier boy? Yes. Did they take that soldier boy? Yes. It's crank that soldier boy. <laughs> what an odd reference. It felt really fitting. <laughs> take that. Take that, soldier boy. <laughs> okay. Um, and so then this is when, like, Scabbers comes out. They take him, they start talking about how he, how Sirius recognized the picture. The picture. And they talk about his, like, missing toe. Yes. And, um, he's lived a really long time for a rat, and he's been scared of that cat, um, and he's been looking ill ever since Sirius escaped. From Azkaban, and this is when all the puzzle pieces kind of start to come together over the course of the series. I love it. And so then they talk about how he faked his death a second time, making it look like Crookshanks killed him. And, yeah. Oh, and then this is when they explain the whole, like, Sirius decided Peter should be the secret keeper... And then they get into this part of the story, like, what happened the night James and Lily died. Mm-hmm. And then they take the rat and, like, force him to, like, reveal himself. And then that's when Peter comes out. And he is trying to immediately get them all to forgive them. He goes and talks to every single one of them, trying to, like, get them to, like, spare him. Can you read that part? Like, what he says to them? Yeah. Um, he says... Lupin says, well, hello, Peter, long time no see. And then he says... <laughs> 
Sirius, Remus, my friends, my old friends. Um, and then Lupin, Lupin is like, we've been having a little chat beater about what happened the night Lily and James died. Like, you, he can't hear. Well, he said you might have missed the finer points while you were squeaking around down oh. there on the bed. And then um, Pettigrew's like, Remus, you don't believe him, do you? He tried to kill me. Um, and then Lupin's like, so we've heard. I'd like to clear up one or two little matters with you, Peter. And then Peter's like, he's come to try to kill me again. He's talking about Sirius. Yeah. He killed Lily and James, and now he's going to kill me, too. You've got to help me. And then Lupin was like, no one's going to try and kill you until we sort it out a few things. <laughs> until. <laughs> and then Peter's like, sorted things out. I knew he'd come after me. I knew he'd be back for me. I've been waiting for this for 12 years. And then Lupin's like, you knew he was going to break out of Azkaban when no one's ever done it before? And then that's when Peter's like, he's got dark powers the rest of us can only dream of. How else did he get out of there? I suppose he who must not be named taught him a few tricks. At this point, he's just trying to be super manipulative. Yeah. And be like, can't you see? I'm the victim here. <laughs> and then, um, Sirius laughs and he's like, what, Voldemort teach me tricks? And then Pettigrew's like, flinches at that. And then Sirius is like, what, are you scared to hear his name now? I don't blame you, Peter. He's not very happy with you right now. Because <laughs> oh, he died because of you. <laughs> this is all so petty. I'm so in love they with are it. Children. And then Pettigrew's just kind of like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and then Sirius is like, you've been hiding from me. Or you haven't been hiding from me for 12 years. You've been hiding from Voldemort and his old yep. supporters. I heard things in Azkaban, Peter. They all think you're dead or you'd have to answer to them. I've heard them screaming all sorts of things in their sleep. Sounds like they think the double cross or double cross them. Voldemort went to the Potters on your information and then met his downfall there. And not all of Voldemort's supporters ended up in Azkaban. There are still plenty out there biding their time, pretending they've seen the error of their ways. If they ever got wind that you were still alive, Peter. And then Peter just keeps being like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Um, and then Lupin is like, I must admit, Peter, I have difficulty understanding why an innocent man would want to spend 12 years as a rat. And Pettigrew's like, innocent but scared. If Voldemort's supporters were after me, it was because I put one of their best men in Azkaban. <laughs> the spy, Sirius Black. <laughs> and then Sirius gets really mad. And he's like, how dare you? Me, a spy for Voldemort? When did I ever sneak around people who were stronger and more powerful than me? But you, Peter, like, you've been doing that from the beginning. Yes. Ooh! Get him. Lily and James only made you secret keeper because I suggested it. I thought it was the perfect plan. A bluff. Voldemort would be sure to come after me. Would never dream they'd use a weak, talentless thing like you. That's literally what Tom Riddle calls Harry in the Chamber of Secrets. No! Um, it must have been the finest moment of your miserable life telling Voldemort you could hand him the potters. Um... And then Hermione steps in, and she's like, well, I mean, this guy's been sleeping in the same dorm as Harry for three years, so why would he, like, not try to hurt Harry if he's been working for Voldemort this whole time? And then Sirius is like, because he never did anything unless he could see a profit for himself in mm -hmm. some way. Voldemort's been in hiding for 15 years. They say he's half dead. Um, but then that's when he kind of, like, goes into the whole, like, but I knew half that, like, dead. if he ever, like, did rise again, that... Pettigrew wouldn't be scared to, like, do something and, like, try to act and, like, take care of yeah. him. And then he was like, that's why I broke out, was because once I realized he was with Harry, I needed to, like, get him away from Harry as soon as possible, yes. basically. So that's why that all happened now. And so that's 
And then they ask Sirius how he escaped, and he says it's because he knew he was innocent, so he didn't go as crazy, and because he was able to change into a dog. So that helped him, too. Yep. And so then, um, but then he was like, I had to break out. I was the only one who knew that Peter was alive still. Um, and then Peter goes around to, like, everybody, because now he's, now he's, now, like, he's, he, now he's admitting that, like, it was him who did yeah. everything. Like, now things change, and he's like, he, he was gonna kill me. Um, and so he's going around to everyone. He goes to, to Remus, and he's like, you don't believe this. What Sirius have told you they changed the plan, and, um, Ron, haven't I been a good pet to you? Like, you won't <laughs> let them kill me. Hermione, you're so clever. You won't <laughs> let them do it. Harry, your dad wouldn't want me to die. <laughs> and then they try to kill him. And then Harry stops them. And he's like, my dad wouldn't want you guys to be murderers. Let's take him to the castle and free your name instead. Yep. The only smart person. I know. Um, and so then they start making their way out of the Shrieking Shack. And that's how that ends. <laughs> Sirius is in charge of floating Snape up, and he keeps making him hit his head I real hard on all the roots. I love it. <laughs> what a petty hooker. <laughs> what a petty <laughs> So do we have any more questions now that we've uncovered a little bit more of what happened in the shack? Yes. So I think now we can talk about discuss Harry's feelings um, about Sirius when he learns the truth about him. He's very quick to trust him. Very quick to trust him. Immediately when Sirius is like, you should come live with me, he's like, okay. Yeah! <laughs> like, right away. <laughs> Do you think Dumbledore would have let it happen? No. Anyway? No! He would not have. No! No! No. Never, ever, 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 no. Never, never. No, because, like... He can't control Sirius. It's lucky for him that he didn't get his name cleared so we could keep him locked in a house. Yeah. Right. Because Sirius is like, oh, no, sorry, I'm going to do whatever's right for Harry. Right. Fuck Dumbledore. Fuck Dumbledore. <laughs> he would, no, he would have never, ever let him, let him have Harry, ever. No. That's what makes me so sad. It's like, for one Split second of like one page. No, Harry feels so happy, and he's like, "I get to leave. I get to live with my godfather and have mm-hmm. a good life." And then it immediately gets taken away from him. Immediately. Oh my god. Okay, then I have a question from Pottermore. Just pull it up. What do you think was the biggest secret that was revealed in the Shrieking Shack? Biggest secret. The biggest secret. <clears throat> um, I don't know. I have to think about everything <laughs> that, we, that was revealed. What do you think is the biggest secret? I think, I think it's probably that Peter's alive and did what he did. Yeah. Because he's not going away. Right. Yeah. I think it, it matters less... That Sirius is innocent. Mm-hmm. And I think it matters less that Lupin's a werewolf. Like, this is a big a deal. Big thing that Harry knows the truth mm-hmm. of what happened and that this guy's out there. Mm-hmm. And that then he continues to learn that he's like single handedly. 
I won't say single-handedly. That's very rude to Junior, isn't it? Yeah. Almost single-handedly brought Voldemort Voldemort back back to life. Yeah. That's big doings. Right. So I think that that's, I'd say that's the biggest one. Yeah. I think in terms of like the series as a whole, maybe for the book, the werewolf thing. The werewolf thing. Yeah, for this story in particular. Because, like, Lupin has been such a guide and a mentor. Mm -hmm. And that this means he's gone. Right. Now. Mm -hmm. And he's gone for a whole book. Right. So. Yeah, that's true. He's not in Goblin Fire at all, is he? I don't think so. That's a bummer. I remember being so happy the first time I read the books when Lupin came back in the fifth one. I was like, oh, yay. Yeah. I was hoping we'd see more of him. I know. I'm excited to track his uh, involvement in the seventh book, because that got Mm -hmm. left out of the movies entirely. And that was a really weird situation that happened, but an interesting one. Yeah, because doesn't he go to live with the werewolves to, like, spy on them? Oh, that's in the sixth one. I mean when he, like, abandons his family. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that too. (laughs) Weird. That's the whole reason why he died. Was because he all of a sudden became a family man and wasn't, like, dueling and, like, keeping up on his skills and his reaction times were slow. And so then when he got thrown into the battle, he died, like, right away. Oof. That's a That's what she says on the Pottermore What an awful woman! I know! (laughs) (laughs) You can only be a parent or work. You cannot do both. (laughs) That's, like, what that means, basically. Oh, my God. Well, like, Peter sucks. We'll have to kind of see how... Well, wasn't Sirius kind of busy, like, gloating for a minute when he died, too? Like, he he died in a dumb way, a little bit. He died in a really dumb way. Yeah. He didn't even get killed. He just fell through a veil. <laughs> Stop. So, like, all of them, kind of, because I think, too, is that James is like, fuck my wand, I'm gonna kill this guy. Like, yeah. Like, they all... They all died dumb, I guess. Yeah. Then. I mean, that's Lupin's a, the only one who really died in, like, a battle and was killed. That's a huge bummer that she said that. Yeah. They all died, like, kind of pathetically. She doesn't have to say that. She can literally just say, I wanted all of them to die by the end of the series. That's nicer than saying, well, well, he became a family man. And she, I mean, I don't know if she used those exact words, yeah. but she was just like, he was, like, in hiding he was with his family, he wasn't out there doing stuff for a while, and she said his reaction times became slow because of it. Like, that's that's literally what she says. Like, his reaction times slowed down, he wasn't as, like, quick on his feet because he hadn't, like, dueled people in a while. <laughs> Odd. And that's what ended up getting him killed because he wasn't able to, like, defend himself. Harry doesn't duel anybody and he lived. I know. <laughs> through a couple big ones. <laughs> Anyway. Yeah. Oh, Sirius's death makes me angry. (laughs) We'll get to that when we get to Order of the Phoenix, but God, I didn't even, like, realize that he didn't die from a killing curse up until, like, the last time I read that book. That's what I think is so dumb about that movie! Yeah. She kills him with Avada Kedavra in the movie, and it's wrong. So stupid. She stuns him in the book, and then he falls back through the veil. That's just like a fog in an arch. Yeah. Fuck off. I know. <laughs> We're getting too ahead of ourselves. I know, I know. That's like two books away. Okay. 
So now, do we have any more questions? No. Or, no, we're moving on. Okay, moving on. so this is like a super short chapter, but this is when they make their way out of the tunnel, and Lupin starts to transform, and... Can you describe that? I just want to, I want to know and put it out there before we watch this movie. Let's see. A cloud shifted. They were suddenly dim. There were suddenly dim shadows on the ground. Um... Harry could see Lupin's silhouette. He had gone rigid. Then his limbs began to shake. Ugh. Um, Sirius is trying to get them to run, but Harry can't run because Ron is, like, chains to him, and he's scared for Ron. He leapt forward, but Black caught him and threw him back. There was a terrible snarling noise. Lupin's head was lengthening. So was his body. Ugh. His shoulders were hunching. Hair was sprouting visibly on his face and hands, which were curling into clawed paws. Ugh. Um... Crookshanks' hair was on end. He was backing away. How can you watch that and not vomit? <laughs> As the werewolf reared, snapping its long jaws, Snape disappeared from Harry's side. He had... Oh, Sirius disappeared from Harry's side. He had transformed. And then that talks about, like, the dog, like, throwing himself at the werewolf. Yeah. I'd like to just briefly, because we didn't really say it, um... What a, uh, brave and heroic person Ron Weasley is. Um... Him getting his line stolen upcoming in the movie of, well, you'll have to kill us first or whatever yeah. to Sirius. And then here, when they're trying to figure out who to chain to Peter, he's like, like I'll, I'll do, do it. it. Even though his leg's all fucked up, he's like, nope, he's my responsibility. Yeah. Oh, Ron! Yeah. Go, Ron! I love him! He, um, I think, made a big turnaround because I know for, like, especially last episode, um, we were talking a lot about him being kind of a shit ass yeah. in this book, but he, he did a he did a big I redeemer. I mean, even in the first... Is it in the first chapter of this section, or maybe it's the last chapter of the last episode that we did, when, like, he and Hermione finally start, like, being friends again, and they're, like, worried about Hagrid, and she's like, I have a lot of work to do to, like, help him, and Ron's like, no, you don't. I'm gonna help. Yeah, and then, too, when um, they say something about, like, well, the executioner is coming to the appeal, he's like, um, no, I've done so much research for him, he's gonna win this. Like, oh, right. Ron. I know. He really comes back around in the end, which I'm really happy about, because he's got a tough couple books ahead of him. This one, the I next get... one, maybe five, a little, too. I don't know. I don't think he's that bad in five, is he? I Harry's the one who sucks in five. <laughs> but, like... He, Ron definitely like sucks in number four for sure. Um, but I still love him, and I hate that people hate on him so much. I know because I feel like the people who hate on him are movie fans because he sucks in the movie. He does. <laughs> He's the worst. I will scream forever about how pissed I am that Hermione gets all of Ron's good moments. I know. She sucks in the movies. She's so annoying to me. In all of them, like, three to the end. I hate her in the movies. Me too. And it's because she takes away Ron's glory, always. She sucks. In the movies. This is the thing, too. And I don't think it's Emma Watson's yeah. fault. No, it's the writing. It's because of how she was written. Yeah. It's the writing and the styling. Yeah. Really offended by her uh, right. <laughs> hair, makeup, and costuming. Yes. I, yeah, I just want to say this, is that, like... Because, you know, like, movies are visual, and it's audio, and all of it, like, it sticks with you sometimes more readily in your mind than the books. I know that's kind of the case with me, is that, like, even though I have, like, some pretty weird um, trivia stuck in my brain that, well, I don't think ever come out of me <laughs> from yeah. the books, um, 
the movies are so much more readily like there in my mind just because it's like I see them and I hear them. I watch the movies a lot more than I read the books. Yeah. So like so they're... you you get it but like it it's like unlearning for me is that it's tough because like the Hermione I have in my head sometimes is so much more the movie Hermione I know. that like it 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 like I have to shift it when I'm reading the books again because Hermione's like great in the books. Yeah. Like so excellent and amazing. And like I know. especially in these upcoming, I mean all of them become like these great little complex little bubbles of right. children that I love so much. But like she gets to kind of become more of a person in this next book and I really like that. But you don't you don't get any of that and she's such a fucking know it all in the worst way in the movies. Right. That it's like it's in a way that is forcing you to like her in the movies, which makes me not. Right. Because I think her unlikable know-it-allness in the is books... Is actually adore. It's like a her. real trait, and not this, like, hot, smart mom yeah. that you want to bang. Yeah. Which is Emma Watson. Right. She moms them, but she's sexual. <laughs> like, right. I hate it. I know. It's the worst, and she takes away everybody's shiny stuff. I think even sometimes Harry. Yes. She takes some stuff from him, and it just makes them look dumb and I resent her for it in these movies. Right. I don't like it. I don't either. So I, I think just, she gets a little yeah. bit better in like the Deathly Hallows movies, but I think like yes. three through six, she sucks. She I get does. I get so mad about it. And you're right, because I feel like I find myself like getting annoyed with her in the books a lot and it's like totally tainted the way that I picture her as a character because just when I think of Hermione I'm like, oh God. But, like, that's not how I perceive her in the books at all. No. I know. And I just, I think back to, like, we're three books into this now, and every single one of those books, like, we've had moments where we've been like, Ron is so good. You know? Mm-hmm. Every single one. And I feel like people don't get that. And I get so feisty, and I want to defend it all <laughs> the time. I get so feisty. Because, <laughs> like, in the first book, it's like he's defending Harry against Draco. And then mm-hmm. in the second one, he's defending Hermione against Draco during the Mudblood stuff. And now here, he's like, Scabbers is my responsibility, like you said. So, like, Ron is really right or die. up. Yes, he is. Pause for a second. Not really. I just need to find something. Because I... I was thinking maybe we bring this up as, like, the more of the characters come in, but I I just really want to talk about this now, because saying how, like, ride or die Ron is, mm-hmm. we, I just, oh, it's so cool! The way that um, so many of the characters mirror the Marauders, and I just want to bring this up so we can talk about it really quick, since it's Marauders time. Yeah. Um, is that... Uh, they all mirror people. So Harry, of course, is it's James. James. But it's this is it is that it's them but better. So like these yeah. like these like beautiful lightning era beauties are like the better versions of the Marauders. Like yes. if things went right. Yeah. So Harry is James. Ron is Sirius because Hermione is Lupin. Yep, yeah, Hermione's Lupin. Neville is Peter. Ginny is Lily. Get ready for this wild one, but it is absolutely true. Luna is Snape. This is the real deal. Ostracized, has no friends, but loves herself and perseveres through it. Fuck Snape. Yes! Fuck Snape. Is that the most crazy thing in the world? I love it. All of that is so correct and true. They are the better versions of the Marauders. These characters. I am mind blown right now. (laughs) 
I love because like of, <laughs> of course like I'm like yeah Harry Ron Hermione are James Sirius and Lupin duh of course they are <laughs> I've always kind of thought that but like then you throw in Ginny and Neville and Luna in there too and I'm like yes all the Marauders era people are all there it's the truth they mirror and are better though I will say like love Ginny but how could how could you better Lily yeah <laughs> Seriously, Ginny just is Lily. Ginny, Ginny's She's just next generation Lily. Next gen. Ginny's just queer Lily. <laughs> Even the ships are there. <laughs> Harry and Ginny, Ron and Hermione, Wolfstar, Wolfstar and Jilly. <laughs> Get me out of here. Get me out of here. It's real and it's true. Wormtail and Snape. <laughs> Get out of my face. Paired up somehow. Get out of my face. People ship Neville and Luna. They do. No, but I just, like, Ron is serious. Like, he's so ride or die for Harry. I love Ron! Yes. I love Ron. And I know, and like, just like you said, we've been talking about it a lot, that he's so good in these books, and I feel like we're, we're gonna start to get in, like, really good Hermione territory, where, like, you know, it's not... Her fault as a character, but like she has, she has been oh, just shoved. And I feel like she's been shoved in the mom box. These first three books yeah. is that she is like the kind of killjoy friend that is like momming them into not doing fun stuff a lot of the time, and now she's not going to be. And so it's like there's yeah. going to be less of that because she's great, and we need she to talk is. about her too because I th- I don't like it when people don't like her. <laughs> I know. Oh, that theory blows my mind. Because, like, okay, yeah, Ron is, like, ride or die for Harry, just like Sirius is for Lupin, but he's also, or for James, but, like, he's also ride or die for Hermione, just like Sirius is for Lupin, but they also butt heads, because Hermione slash Lupin also plays the role of being, like, okay, like, you gotta keep your cool, though. Yeah. You know? Mom friend. Oh, my God! (laughs) I hate everything. (laughs) These books are so cool! (laughs) Okay, where are we at? This podcast is just all over the place. <laughs> We're not even, like, halfway. Okay. <laughs> We're almost there. So the werewolf happens and the Dementor stuff happens. <laughs> no, wait, 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 wait. We need to talk about Snape for a second because he does wake up and save these kids. No, he doesn't. We gotta give them their due. Doesn't he? No, that's a movie thing. No, bitch, it's in here, right? I mean, at the very end, later, it's not right now, he's still unconscious. That's in the movie. No, doesn't he pop up and, like, get them? No. Dude, because he's saying that he saved these kids. Yeah, he's saying that to the minister later, but when you watch it through when they go back in time, all Harry sees is Snape putting them on stretchers after all of the Dementor stuff is over and taking them up to the castle. Why That's a I, movie thing where he's, like, standing in front no, of them no, with the no, werewolf. No, I knew it wasn't that, but I thought that there was something a little bit more heroic there. I don't no. know why I blanked that out of my head. <laughs> no, I don't think so. You're right. Man, he I thought that He just puts them on and takes them back up after everything happens. Shit. <laughs> That's all he does. He's not a hero. Not- <laughs> <laughs> Katie, I love you. Oh, man. <laughs> Oh, and then Harry sees the big Patronus that scares yes all the Dementors away, thinking it's his dad. Dad, Dad, Papa, Dad, <laughs> you came back for me, Dad. Okay, 
<laughs> so now they're waking up in the next chapter, Hermione's secret. Can I just say, this goes by so fast in the book. Like, I feel like I always get to this part, and I'm like, oh my god, now I have to relive it all again. Yes! But it is really quick. But I'm it's glad. it's really short. It's one chapter. Right. It's like, like a paragraph of waiting in the yeah. forest or whatever. It's like nothing. Right. So this is when they wake up and they hear Snape getting all these awards from the minister, and he's super happy, and he's lying, and is trying to get Harry expelled. <laughs> I hate him. They were out of bounds at night while we've been taking all of these measures to try to keep him safe from Sirius. They're all confounded. He made them think that he's Oh, that's not right. bad. He said that. Yeah. That's what like is happening. And then Harry wakes up and starts like shouting at him and Madame Pomfrey's like, Okay, you need to eat some chocolate. <laughs> Put some chocolate in your mouth right now. <laughs> Oh, God. So, okay, and then Dumbledore comes in, and um, they're all like, you've got the wrong guy. And he's like, yeah, but no one's gonna believe that, so you gotta go back in time and change stuff. I love it when, like, <laughs> this happened in the last one with Hagrid, like, buzzing and being like, Harry didn't do it! And then Dumbledore's like, no, I know, we're past this, or whatever. Yeah. And then when they're all like, he's innocent, he's like, I, shut up, I know. <laughs> like, shut up, shut up, listen to me, I know. <laughs> Here's what you have to do. God. <laughs> so funny. I love him. Do it's you? like these kind of moments with him. I'm so torn, because, like, I do, I love I know. him. I know. Oh! <laughs> Well, this is the thing, too, is that we feel He's this so way. so funny. <laughs> is that, like, even I, I know right now, but it's, like, it. the more that we, like, get to be, like, outside of Harry, like, I will feel this way, even though I have a burning and eternal hatred for Snape. No, I do love him. Yeah. I do love him. He's such a good character, and he's so right. cool and I interesting. Know. I hate him. But I love him. He's but I so feel bomb. like Dumbledore goes even deeper because it's like you see all no, because these, like, Dumbledore's him likable. He's, he's a likable character, so it makes me be like, do so I really hate him? So it's harder. And it's like yes, I do. I hate him so much, but I also like I think he's cool and he's funny and he's just like an awesome old, old guy who kicks ass always. <laughs> I know. So I'm so like fifty fifty on him. Whereas Snape, I'm like, he's mostly bad, but, like, yes, I still really like him yeah. anyway. But Dumbledore, I'm just like, I don't know. Well, because he's not bad, he just sucks. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> he's not evil. I mean, Snape technically isn't either, I guess. No, he is. But, like... He abused children. Okay, yeah. <laughs> but, like, God. Okay, yeah. <laughs> anyway. So Dumbledore tells him what's up. What? He tells them what's up. They yeah, gotta go do the time. Yeah, he turner. does. He's like, you gotta, you gotta go back in time. He's not even telling. He's just being very vague. Like, okay, go back in time. You've got some things to do. And they're like, oh, what? <laughs> Save two innocent lives. What other life are you talking about? He sucks. <laughs> can he stop speaking in riddles? So this is what? <laughs> can he stop speaking in riddles? Riddle me this, children. <laughs> How can you go back in time and say that should have been an ABPM joke? Riddle me this. He should have said that always. 
Dylan Saunders, you miss your chance. <laughs> um, and so then we find out about the time turner. They go back in time. Harry is like not getting it. <laughs> like he keeps being like, I'm just going to go in and kill Peter now. And Hermione's like, no, you can't. <laughs> Stop. That's not the way it works. <laughs> so they go back. They save Buckbeak. They go back in time. They save Buckbeak. Okay, and I always get a little bit confused about how the time turner works a little bit. Because, yes. like, if Harry sees himself in the original time... It just always is. It just keeps going forever. It's a loop forever. It's upsetting. Because <laughs> then, like, when they come back in to the hospital wing at the end of all this, then, like... The yeah. other Harry and Hermione are going back in time. So it just keeps going forever? Yes. How does time move forward? <laughs> I can't. I can't. I'm not smart enough to talk like this. I don't understand how it works. <laughs> like, every time I think about it, I'm like, so, like, I don't know. No, it happens. It happens once. The, the I feel like it's like, I don't, I can't begin to wrap my mind around it, but it's like, it just, it always is. It always is. If there is time travel, it is all, that's just how it is. Like, okay. there's never, there will, there will never ever be a moment where life would be going forward and Harry doesn't see himself. Because it's already been chosen in the future that they go forward. It's like, you have to think about okay. it this way. J.K. Rowling is God and everything is preordained. <laughs> Like, it's on, it's on a line. Like, okay. if it, if it's going to happen, it's already happened here. It doesn't matter what's happening now. The future has already happened because she's planned it that way. Okay. Just like Christ. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. <laughs> and then, if you believe in that. But, like, the, like, preordained It's stuff. just weird to think that over the course of this entire book, just like even with Hermione going to, like, her classes... There were so many times where there were two Hermione's in that school at the same time. Yes, and here's my question. <laughs> From Pottermore, do you think it's appropriate to give a time turner even to a model student? <laughs> just shake your head. No, 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 no. On an audio podcast, I shake my head. <laughs> I don't think it's right to give anyone one of these. No, I don't either, which is why they all were destroyed, except for the one that comes in. Shut to your show. mouth! Shut it! That's enough. <laughs> Put your foot in your mouth right now. <laughs> no. That's going to be an Instagram picture. <laughs> Should I take that now? <laughs> oh, no. Put it in your mouth. <laughs> Let me put my foot in my mouth when I talk about Harry Potter. Okay. No, it's so hard to th it's so hard to think about anything <laughs> to do with time travel, and I hate it because my mind, like, I literally can't get it to understand that stuff. <laughs> I'm not like smart enough to, and I don't even know if it's that, but like, I can't open my brain enough to like comprehend any like quantum physics time travel. Nothing. Yeah, I can't. I can't talk about it. I can't think about it. It's too it's much. Stressful. For me. It is stressful. I hate it. I can't. I can't think about it. I can't talk about it. I can't do it, Katie. Right. So let's move on. They save Sirius. <laughs> We're just not going to talk about this. I can't. Okay. 
They save Sirius. They're waiting outside River. It's just a lot of waiting. Think about think about it as um not being able to flip a Yui so you have to go around the block. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Over and over and over no, again. No, but not over and over again. It's that you That you th- that you think oh I I need to turn around and do something before I before I move forward, okay. so you go around the block, which is the past, and then when you come back around you go forward. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, let's move on. <laughs> they have to do a little flip around and then they keep going forward. They're not stuck driving in a circle. Yeah, like I get that, but then like what happens to like the alternate person? They don't exist. Okay. That is them now. Okay. Okay. I kind of got it now. I just, I don't want to think about it anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Every time I read this book, I'm just like, I don't... This This is a part of the book that I hate. I hate the Time Turner stuff. I know. I don't care for it. So much of the movie. And I feel like the movie confuses me even more with, like, the little rock... No, 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 no. That's some garbage. Yeah. That's some absolute garbage. The only part of that that needs to happen is that Harry's like, oh, it was me. Yeah. And then he does it. Right. And then that's when he realizes that his dad was prongs and that his Patronus is his dad. There's a point in here where he's talking to Dumbledore no, after this, and that Dumbledore's is so like, sad. "Prongs wrote again no. last night." I cried. <laughs> I was reading that. It's, I actually cried. It's pretty bad. How dare you say that to a thirteen-year-old kid? <laughs> it's not right. Yeah. So during this entire thing, Harry's like, "I'm just gonna go grab the invisibility cloak really quickly," and Hermione's like, "Nope, Harry, you can't." <laughs> Herm- Hermione's the only one smart enough to get it. <laughs> To get how it works. <laughs> I know. I am Harry in this situation. I'm like, what if I just tweaked it a little bit? <laughs> I've got another question here. Um, just speaking of the Patronus. Mm-hmm. Um, Pottermore has a question. Can a Patronus charm be learned from a book? Or does it take innate talent? Um, I feel like the theory can be learned from a book. But I feel like the whole being able to distract yourself enough from, like, a bad and scary thing that's happening to think of something happy enough to defeat the bad is kind of, like, a skill. This is the thing, though, that I think this question is completely, like, worded wrong. Yeah. I think that it's, like, the learned from a book thing, I think, is incorrect. I don't really think that any, like, practical skill... I don't know that it can be learned from a book. I think that it has to be learned through, like, teaching. Yeah. Real teaching. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure that there are plenty of things. So, like, you know. Like, I, you can read in a book, like, what you have to do. But, like, that's not going to make you good at it. I had to, I had, I had to have somebody teach me how to knit and crochet. Right. And then once I had that skill, I could, I could look at a book and gain more information. But it's like, if I looked at a book and tried to see, like, how to do it, no. And even that, like, I cannot understand if I'm trying to learn how to do a new stitch. I can't read how to do it. I have to watch a YouTube video of somebody teaching me how to do it because you have to learn. Yeah. You have to learn from real experience and from another person. 
And I also don't think that it takes talent. Just like you said, it's a skill. It's a skill. You build it. I think that is such a, such a waste to say that, like, you can only do something if you're just naturally, innately talented at something. I feel like occlumency is kind of the same thing. Yeah. You have to train it's, yourself it's, and, and build like, a skill. Yeah, it's easier for some people than others. Yes. Like, some skills are... It's it's easier for people to be a good athlete when you have, like, a natural-born athletic talent. But that doesn't mean that it's impossible for other people to do it, you know? Just like this yeah. is kind of the same thing. And I think, too, that there's some... Like, calling certain things, like, an innate talent like that. Like, the patrons, like you said, it's, like, removing yourself from a situation enough to think of something happy. And that's not, like, a bad thing, but, like, talking Mm -hmm. about occlumency, if you have an innate talent for that, you already are building walls around yourself. Right. I don't know if I'd call that a talent. It's not a talent. It's it's just kind of, like, part (laughs) of your personality. A shitty thing you do. Yeah. (laughs) It's part of your character. So, I don't know. I don't know. And I don't like to say that. I think anybody can learn to do anything if they want to. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's, like, a a skill that only certain people can do. Some people will be better at it than others, but that doesn't mean that there are people who just can't do it. Yeah. Didn't she say once that, like, Hagrid is, like, not able to produce a Patronus? Well, that, I don't think that he has, like, the enough uh, skill level. Yeah, yeah, but she, I think she said specifically that he w- wasn't able to because he... Like, she's said that, like, there are people who, like, can't do it because they don't have happy enough memories. Sad! And she said that about Hagrid? Yeah, I think so. Didn't oh. she? I think she said that. I feel like she also maybe said it about George after Fred died. Oh, God. Or something. Maybe that's just a fandom thing, like an <gasps> AU or something. I don't know. But, like, <laughs> everyone is like, oh, yeah, these characters are so, pro- like, depressed they can't even produce a Patronus. I saw this other this thing the other day that was like, do you think like the Death Eaters were ever able to like produce produce a Patronus? Here's what I have a question about. So like, so what's the deal with Voldemort? Because he is like around Dementors and like controlling them, right? Don't you have to have a Patronus? Yes. to be able to do that. Yes, but he can't. I feel right? like the Phantom kind of has this like thought that, like, only good people can produce yes. Patronuses. But if has, you're bad, you can't do it. Has Joanne said that he can't? I think that she has said that Voldemort can't. Can't make a Patronus. Right? I'm gonna Google it, because I wanna know, because I think that that's false. <laughs> I think that that can't be accurate. Yeah. Or maybe it's one of those things where it's like, they try, and it's, like, too late. I already hate myself more than you could ever make a meal. Right. <laughs> Can Voldemort make a Patronus? Whoa. Okay, so this is some bullshit for real. Okay. Okay, you go with that first, and I have something to add to it. Here's what this says. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. J.K. Rowling indicated, as mentioned by others, that the reason Severus Snape was the only Death Eater who could generate a Patronus is because it tends to be used against the spells, jinxes, and curses that a Death Eater would use to begin with. Simply put, Death Eaters had no use for a Patronus. Mm-hmm, what we are left to consider is whether... 
that deems Death Eaters incapable of a Patronus or only unwilling. Because Umbridge, though not a Death Eater but a terrible person, Can had a Patronus. I mean, Snape's not a good person either, and yet he was able to make one. Let's see. Yeah. (laughs) This is like, I feel like I wrote this, (laughs) like, if I had done the research. So let's see. If Dolores Umbridge was capable of spawning a Patronus, could we reasonably expect that Voldemort, a far more capable wizard, dark as he was, could also produce one? We know that a Patronus is required, uh, that a Patronus requires a thought of extreme happiness. Are we to believe Voldemort was incapable of one? Here's a quote from Half-Blood Prince. Tom Riddle left, but Harry had glimpsed his face, which was full of that same wild happiness that he first had when he found out that he was a wizard. End quote. So we know that Tom had at least two memories of wild happiness from which he might find that positive force. Yeah. According to Lupin, even some accomplished wizards had extreme difficulty conjuring a Patronus, yet Voldemort clearly excelled at any magic he put his mind toward. We also know that there were areas of magic that Voldemort considered worthless, for which he made no effort to learn, or at a minimum understand. Here's a Dumbledore quote. That which Voldemort does not value, he takes no trouble to comprehend. Of house elves and children's tales... Of love, loyalty, and innocence, Voldemort knows and understands nothing. I have a lot of feelings about this quote. <laughs> that they have a power beyond his own reach of magic is a truth that he never grasped. So perhaps it might be accurately stated that Voldemort was probably capable of a Patronus, but never considered it a worthy spell and so never thought to make one. That makes more sense. Yeah, for her to say that, like, no Death Eater besides Snape was able to make a Patronus. That can't just be because they literally physically weren't able to do it. That's crazy. But then this this is what I don't understand. Is that, like, because Dementors so naturally, like, ally themselves with the Death Eaters, it doesn't mean that it makes that feeling go away. Right. Just because they're not gonna suck the soul out of you doesn't mean their very presence upsets you. Right. Unless you're just that depressed all the time that you can't feel a difference. Which Voldemort is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Too bad for you. Yeah. You can't make me hate myself any more than I already do. <laughs> then why does Snape need oh, one? No. <laughs> because Snape thinks he's great. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. I just, like, sometimes I don't. I don't quite get the rules, and I'm willing to, like, what's that, what's the word for that? Not turn a blind eye. Suspend, a suspension of disbelief. I can do that to some stuff just because, like, rules don't match up, but it, like, still makes sense in the continuity of the series. But when I dig deep like this, just like, why is Peter Pettigrew the secret keeper? It's like, I find things that don't quite make sense to me. Wouldn't they all need that? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Let's I don't f- like that. Let's finish this book out. Okay. So they save the day. They save Sirius. Sirius is like, I'm gonna be back for you. Why am I talking like that? 
And they're all like, you have to leave now. <laughs> and he's like, okay, I love you, bye. Yeah. <laughs> and so then they go back, they run back to the hospital wing really quickly. Um, get in there. And minutes later, people realize that Sirius escaped, like, as soon as they get back into their bed. Yes. And Snape freaks the fuck out. Yes, he does. Storms back into the hospital wing and is, like, shouting at them. And Dumbledore is all like, oh my god, he wouldn't do that. (laughs) (laughs) These are the moments that make me love Dumbledore. Is when Snape just, like, comes in and is like, this is Harry Potter we're talking about. And Dumbledore is like, I mean, unless you're suggesting they can be in two places at once, I don't really see any point in, like, talking about this. (laughs) Okay, which also begs the question, did the other teachers know that Hermione had a time turner? The ministry did. But the other teachers wouldn't have known because Snape would have figured it out immediately that that's what happened, that they went back in time and fixed it. But Dumbledore makes a point to say, like, they can't go back in time. Yeah, no, I don't think that Snape has any reason to know it's not his student. Yeah. So why would he know? But that's the crazy part, is does he, does Dumbledore say that in front of any ministry members? Yeah, I think Fudge is there. Hermione Granger has a time turner, it's on record. Yes. But the, but the thing is, is that Snape, like, immediately discredits himself by acting like a crazy person, so yeah. they're not as inclined to believe him. Right. Because he, otherwise... He comes in and is shouting, if and he kept, like, If I he kept his cool, this. then maybe it would have been looked into. Right. Yeah, because then Fudge, like, Snape just, like, storms out, and then Fudge is like, well, he seems pretty unbalanced, you should keep an eye on him, and Dumbledore's like, yep, I will. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, Dumbledore's like, oh, he's not unbalanced. He's just really disappointed. (laughs) I love Dumbledore. (laughs) This is, like, the moments that I love him in. I know. Oh, so that that part makes me laugh. So then Harry goes to see Lupin, because they find out that he's leaving. What a vile man. I know. How dare ruin his life. That is disgusting. None of the parents would have cared that much. They absolutely would have. I mean, they would have, but... <laughs> I don't know. But I feel like a good amount of the students would sign a change.org petition to keep them on. I think they would, too. A lot of the students would have, like, talked their parents into it and been like, I learned a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, like, read this, like, AU once, where this, like, sad news about Lupin got out in the school, and I don't even know what news it was. I don't think it had to do with him being a werewolf. I think it maybe just, I don't, I don't know what it had to do with, but it was, like, about, like, students were, like, sending him howlers at breakfast in the morning, but they were all howlers that were, like, you are amazing, (laughs) and he was just, like, so humble about it and was, like... Oh, I love my I job. I love a positive howler. That I know. So I know. It would just be like every morning, like Lupin would like come into breakfast and he would just get all these howlers that were just like praising him. And I was like, I want this to be true so bad. That's hilarious. I love Lupin so much. I know. Literally their only good one. I know. <laughs> Literally their only good one. So, Quirrell could have been good. 
Yeah, who knows? If, if Voldemort hadn't been there, he would have been fine. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I wonder about that. We never got much of a glimpse into his lessons, but Umbridge seemed to think that he was a good A good teacher, teacher. yeah. Well. And then Harry's like, yeah, except for the fact that Voldemort was there, too. <laughs> Wherever Quirrell was, Voldemort was. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> oh, my God. So they say their little bittersweet goodbye. They say their little bittersweet goodbye, and then Dumbledore comes in to say goodbye to him. And this is interesting, this line that, like, Harry's like, it didn't make any difference, and Dumbledore is the one in the book who's like, it made all the difference in the world, what are you talking about? But in the movie, it's Lupin that says that. Hmm. I don't even remember that. Can't wait to watch it. (laughs) (laughs) And so then that's when Dumbledore is, like, kind of comforting Harry a little bit, and we get that how dare you line about prongs. Oh, and then he's also like, there's going to come a day where you are going to be happy that Pettigrew owes his life to you. Oh my god. Ain't that the truth? (laughs) Dumbledore! (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. There may come a time where you'll be very glad that you saved Pettigrew's life. Wow. Don't he just know it all? Dumbledore. Are you a seer? <laughs> well, aren't you just buck-toothed clever frogs? <laughs> okay, so then, um, and then they're on the train. Then they leave school. But gifts are to be given. But gifts are to be given. Oh, Hermione tells them she has a not-so-crazy schedule the next year. Yes. Um, the they're trailer. playing games, and then Ron gets his owl. Pigwidgeon. That's so funny that it's like, I, I almost murdered your pet, so. Here's a new one Here's for a you. shitty little owl. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And Harry gets a permission slip, A permission right? slip, yes. And then Harry, as he always does... Think something about how it's gonna be a good summer. I mean, it is a good summer. That's the ending theme to the audiobook. It always comes in as Harry has these moments like, well, I don't think this summer's gonna be too bad. It's a lot of jingle jangling. For what looked like a much better summer than the last. Aww. It is a good summer. They get to go to the Quidditch Cup. And it doesn't suck like it does in the movie. I mean, it kind (laughs) of does. So I've got some follow-up questions now that the book is over. One final one from Pottermore, which is, what is the most important thing that Lupin taught Harry? To face his fears. Yes, bitch! Yes! To face his fears, you are so concise and powerful. (laughs) (laughs) That is the truth. Absolutely. Absolutely. To face his fears Mm -hmm. and to do what's right. Mm -hmm. Yes. Damn. That's (laughs) life lessons. (laughs) (laughs) That's the last one from Pottermore. I got a couple more from Scholastic, um, which are kind of classic ones that we do kind of every book now which is to discuss the new names that we learn in the book and see, like, what they reveal about the character. Um, So let's talk about uh, Wolfie McWerewolf. (laughs) 
I mean, what does it not she tell you? Not subtle at all. Remus Lupin. Remus Lupin. Wolfie McWolf. Yes. <laughs> Wolfie McWerewolf. <laughs> Mr. Werewolf McWolferson. <laughs> Werewolf McWolferson. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but it's pleasant to say. I think Lou names are just like happy names. Lupin. It is pleasant to Luna. say. Like, I feel like it's still, like, a trustworthy Luna. name, you Lupin. know? Yeah. It's just Remus. a good one. Remus. Remus makes him seem, like, very wise and mm-hmm. caring, you know? Yeah. It's like an old man name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about Sirius Black? Sirius Black. Well, um, I think two very... I'm trying to, like, put the right words together without saying the word serious. <laughs> but that's part of it. Another... And also, like, his name is Dog. Yeah. <laughs> Come on! <laughs> He's the dog star. I feel star. like you can even, like, tell a lot about their, about the character by, like, their marauder names. Like, Mooney feels, like, very wise compared to the other ones. Mm-hmm. And then Padfoot and Prongs just seem kind of, like, jokey. And then Wormtail is kind of, like, snake-like. Mm-hmm. You know? Just gross. Yeah. <laughs> Slimy. Yucky. Yeah. Like, that Mooney's like, like cute. That's like a cute name. It's yeah. like a pet name. Right. And then Padfoot makes you think of like the sweetest little parts of puppies. Yeah. Or their little paws. Yeah. And then Prongs is just like all oh, these beautiful majestic antlers. Mm-hmm. And my nasty little tail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about Peter Pettigrew? Peter Pettigrew. Pitiful Peter Pettigrew. Pitiful Peter Pettigrew. <laughs> Piss ass Peter Pettigrew. I feel like there's something about having that alliteration in a name where like their their first name and their last name start with the same letter. Hey yeah. Kind of too. Who else has done that? Corneus Coral. Severus Snape. Severus Snape. Peter Pettigrew. Minerva McGonagall. Minerva McGonagall. There are a lot of those. <laughs> None of them really have anything in common. <laughs> now that I think about it, I'm like, Pettigrew and McGonagall? Well, it's memorable, It's right? memorable. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but you just, like, I think it's, like, it's the same with, like... I it's think, almost like they have a very, like, bold yeah. personality, kind of. I think along with, like, Quirrell was a big one, is that, like... The sound makes you think of nervousness and stuttering. Yeah. Like, it's like, you think of, like, nervousness. And I feel like Severus Snape, like, having, like, the S sound makes him almost sound, like, slithery, snaky, spooky. Yeah. Which he is. Yeah. Snake in the ground. He's Slytherin. Um... Sybil Trelawney. Slytherin in the grass like a snake. Oh. <laughs> God help you. <laughs> Sybil Trelawney makes her sound very aloof, I feel like. And Sybil's like, um, like number one, an old lady name, but also it does feel like a, like a mystical name. Yeah. Haven't there been some like famous Sybils mm-hmm. or something? I don't know. I've done Maybe. no research. Maybe. <laughs> it just feels that way. There have been famous Sybils. Sybil. Sybil Trelawney. This needs to be done. 
Who are other new characters that we learn in this book? Are there any more? I guess kind of Cornelius Fudge is like a bigger character, so maybe that counts as a new name. I think his first name is like very proper and it feels very like floofy. Yeah. To me, like very old school, rich, aristocratic, like whatever. But Fudge makes me think he's a liar. Yeah. He's like he's fudges trash. the truth exactly. <laughs> Who else? There have been a, a good a good couple. I think that might be it though. Adam Rosemary. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so what about like Stan Shunpike and Ernie on the? Yeah, Stan the Shunpike. Bus. There's another one. Yeah. I don't know. I like the literally... difference about Stan Shunpike though is that like his name starts with the same Stan- letter, but like Sha. it's yeah. like a different sound. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I can't really, like, the it's just, I've already associated his name with acne, so I can't think of anything else. Right, I know. <laughs> it, I just see, like, a teenager. Yeah. That's just it. Um, then another question for Scholastic is, uh, we want to talk about the character girls so far in the series. Okay. For, I think, the trio, for sure. Let's talk about them. Um... Were we, weren't we also just going to keep track with each book, too? Like, who between Ron and Hermione is, like, the better friend to Harry in each yeah. book? Yeah. Because I feel like in the first two it was very much Ron, you know? Mm-hmm. But now I almost feel like Hermione a little bit more in this one. I don't know. After, like, the ride or dieness of Ron in this in this bit... It makes me feel... But I feel like Hermione's been working really hard to, like, protect him and keep him safe. Yeah. So Maybe I don't they're know. kind of on an even playing field I think right they now. definitely are on an even playing field in this book. Yeah. For sure. I'm willing to say it's a tie. I hope it stays a tie for the rest of the series, because that's how it should be. In the next book, we already know who it's going to be that's better yeah. for him. Um, I think Hermione is starting to... Um. I don't know if I'm just, like, I know what's going to happen, so I'm, like, pre-predicting this, of, like, I think that she's, like, starting to loosen up a little. Yeah. She's, her rough edges aren't so rough anymore. Mm-hmm. She's starting to, like, allow things to happen and to just, like, deal with them instead of, like, but I don't know. I think that that's more next book. Yeah. That she's, like, thrown into all these crazy situations and she just kind of rides it up. I feel like at the end of this book it is, too, though, because, like, she attacks Snape. Like, she's not afraid to do what's right, even if it's, like, breaking the rules. You know what? That's true. It's that she was, like, so, like, lawful good, and now she's starting to become a More, like, morally good instead of, like... Yeah, that it's, like, more of, like, you know, like, true, like, true good. Yeah. It's, like, this is is what is morally just instead of I'm not breaking the rules because that's the only way to be good. Right. Mm, Yes, Katie, very good. (laughs) You're so good and so talented, (laughs) and I just don't have the words to say anything. How about Ron? Yes. It's hard for me because this book is such a stumble for him. (laughs) It says the next one. He has, I, yeah, this one's tough, because, like, he has moments where he sucks, but he also has moments where he's great. Yes. I mean, same with the next book, too. Yeah. I feel like a lot of Ron's really big character development doesn't come until, like, the later books, to be honest, like, six and seven is when he starts to, like, go a lot of his, like, prejudice. He's been super ride or die from the beginning with Harry. He's Mm -hmm. so kind and wonderful, and And I think he's, he's just stayed that way. But I think like outwardly 
um, his hormones are getting the better of him mm-hmm. <laughs> to other people. Yeah, definitely. Especially in Goblet of Fire. Yeah. Ugh. And Harry, sweet Harry. Sweet baby Harry. He's, um... He's becoming a little man. He is. He's really, um... He was really tested in this one. He was. And came out for the better. Yeah. Oh, this poor boy's about to go through so much. I know. <laughs> I know next book is when he's going to see his oh, first death. Oh, no. Oh, no. It's the rule of the Thestrals, just that they have to remember it. I know. Because that's crazy! I know. Oh. Maybe he wasn't looking. Maybe he blinked. <laughs> when he was a baby. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Maybe he was napping. <laughs> no! They're screaming! It's the thud of his mom's body that woke him from his Stop, nap. You <laughs> absolute freak. <laughs> Good God. Oh, no. Here's my final question for us. And this is actually my question. How have they... How has... How I was about to call her sweet. How has Joanne... Um, properly dealt with adult and dark themes in a way that is digestible for children in this book? That's a good question. Thanks. I mean, she still mixes in a lot of, like, friendly kid-like humor and stuff in there. Like, I feel like the first, this book has a really good balance of being, like, kid-like in the first half and then switching gears, like, later on. Mm-hmm. But I think, too, like, she is, she does, like, proper setup for the end not to be so terrifying. Mm-hmm. Like, it's supposed to be scary, but not, like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> because you're dealing with Dementors from the beginning and you're learning how to deal with them. And I think, like, the greater... Uh, metaphor for them of being depression and like learning to deal with that and you know people can come at her in whichever way they'd like to but I think that this is such a great introduction of how to deal with sadness Mm -hmm. for kids of like fight it with happiness to like put put this like awful feeling into like a tangible um thing like living tangible thing and like a very like real way of how to fight it Mm -hmm. for like kids to channel that into so like can you not like if there is something really horrible and scary and sad that's going on for a little kid for them to like have read harry potter and think of the happiest thing they can to make themselves feel better right yeah oh my god and then eat chocolate (laughs) yeah and then I think, too, like, her decision of Harry being, like, the moral one out of these two adults who are going to kill another man, Mm -hmm. I think is interesting, too. Yeah. To, like, how to deal with betrayal and, like, what what is the proper way to handle things. Like, murder isn't the answer, which I think is great after... (laughs) Which is great. Murder is never the answer. But, like, um, to... To have Harry feel so angry to the point of wanting to hurt and kill someone 
And for him to switch and be like, nope, the right thing to do is let the truth be told. Yeah. It's kind of big. I yeah. think that that's, that's interesting too, is like, the right thing to do is not to hurt anybody, it's to make sure that the truth is told and that right. the that the people who are right are known to be right mm-hmm. or whatever. Like, let, let it be dealt with. No... Um, citizen justice yeah (laughs) let's have some like big justice but then it's funny how this flips around in order the phoenix when there's so much hate and distrust toward the government right i know (laughs) (laughs) i'm excited to talk about that (laughs) so yeah i don't know i it's an interesting way to like introduce these introduce like morals because this i think this book has a lot to do with that like the other ones it's just like it's clear what's right and what's wrong but what's right here? These are so messy. Yeah. I don't know. Is there anything else big that she dealt with in this one? Because I, like, we both agree, like, there's some pretty deep stuff. There is some deep stuff, yeah. I think it's all brought to light in, like, the ending. It's, like, everything they deal with there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Is there anything else to say? I don't think so. <laughs> Katie, we did it. We covered Prisoner of Azkaban. Woo-hoo! Guys, these next these next books. Oh, get ready. It's going to be big. So I would say let's talk about our kind of plan now since we don't really like to have a lot of preambling or anything going on in the commentary since it's already pretty long. Yeah. Um, so our plan is we're going to take a break. Take a quick break after the commentary episode goes out because um, I'm moving <laughs> yeah, and I need a little bit of time to get settled before we get back into it. But then after that, we are, as usual, coming back with some, some fun, fun, stuff. fun stuff for in between. Um, probably try and do a little bit more than, than we did last time. We were just, like, too excited between both Sorcerer's Stone and Chamber of Secrets to get to the next one. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, we'll yeah. try and do a good couple, and then what we were thinking of doing Goblet of Fire in May. Yeah, hitting you up in May with Goblet. And then so. I think what we were talking about, too, was that we're going to break it up. Like, the books are getting big now, so our episodes are going to be um, concentrating on much shorter bits. Yeah. Because we really want to focus in and not... Um, get too much in like we just want to like oh get into what's going on and i yeah. think that we looked and it was like every five we do five chapters at a time was it five i feel like it was like seven. Oh, i don't i think it was every five we will figure it out and tweet slash instagram it yeah so you guys know what our plan we is. haven't figured out we just don't remember the number yeah so but it is it's really short and condensed um compared to this which we've been doing like seven or eight chapters a section yeah which can get pretty overwhelming and i promise you goblet of fire order the phoenix half of prince deadly hallows even if we are doing five chapters a section you're still going to be getting like two hours <laughs> yeah seriously there's so much to unpack in every chapter so oh my god um, we're really excited to get to these books yes we are super excited so we need a little break to prepare for yeah. that so we aren't going to go away completely we're still going to do just some like fun dumb stuff in yeah. the time. Get ready for more ratings and rankings. That's all we can seem to do. <laughs> yeah. Do a lot of that. Probably more like games and Yeah, it'll be fun. Stuff. We'll just do some goofy stuff right in between. You yeah. know how it is. And then come back at you with some 
real serious stuff with Goblet of Fire. There's a big snake in this one again. There is. <laughs> <laughs> a big a big snake woman. Boy, oh, is it going to be interesting to reread this stuff now? Oh, God, I'm not looking forward to it. Oh, I kind of am a little bit, because I'm looking at it with new eyes, and I'm a I know. excited. It'll be to interesting see if I to like see if there are any hints. To see, oh, my God. Because she are, knew. I'm going to lose my mind. She knew. I hate her. Okay. <laughs> with that, let's so, wrap it up. The plugs. Follow us on Twitter and on Instagram. At Myrtle Bath At Pod. Myrtle Bath Pod. Email us, MyrtleBathPod at Gmail. Please email us, guys. Seriously. <laughs> I don't want to beg, but I'm going to beg. Listen, Please we're putting this us. out, and there's plenty of time. There's another episode coming out. There's probably going to be, like, a week or so break again. So you have got a couple weeks. And we we want to do some good stuff because we don't want to get in the Goblet of Fire right away. Mm-hmm. So, like, we need ideas, though. Yeah, seriously, give us so ideas. So if you have ideas, if you want to hear us talk about something. there's a certain topic that you want us to, like, talk about. There's so much to unpack here with Harry Potter, and I feel like we've only scraped the surface. <laughs> I know. We've been so afraid because we want to, like, make sure we have stuff to talk about while we're reading the books, but really, I don't think that's going to be a problem. Right, I know. <laughs> so do it. Follow us and talk to us. We love you a lot, and I think I've been really saying this. Most importantly, I think, out of all of it is tell your friends. Tell yes. your Harry Potter friends to come and listen to us. Mm-hmm. We just want people just to want like friends, us. Guys. Come on. Ugh. If you send us really nice reviews, we'll read them and let you be a part of our podcast. Hell yeah. Even if you just write us a love letter, if you're too afraid to post things on iTunes or whatever. Yeah, just send us an email. Send it. Just talk to me. <laughs> I don't know what We want to know what you guys like and dislike. What, what do you want to hear more of? Yeah. What do you want to hear less of? of? Do you hate it when we talk about Momo? (laughs) (laughs) I can't stop myself. Do you love it when we talk about Momo? Do you love it when we talk about her? Ooh, we're going to turn into a Peppa Pig podcast. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, I think we'll end this here. Bye, I love you. Thank you for listening. (laughs)